social media check how are we doing oh thumbs up <laughs> do we have any competition entries um so what was the question <laughs> oh yeah we probably yeah. should have informed yeah I'll Mike of that the, the question was what I'd said um, that uh, I'd hunted a mythical creature as a child in a housing estate. What was the mythical creature? Ah, yes. Does that explain some tweets to you? That would explain, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, faint Dreams, which I'll say, who said what? Uh, faint Dreams said Werewolf. Um, Sarah Wessel said Pegasus. <laughs> Got another werewolf from Danny Abram. Um, someone just put hashtag SPCP live. Uh, <laughs> James Mob said either werewolf or butthole monster. He <laughs> almost deserves a prize first? just for saying that. Uh, I was going to say I'm tempted. Yeah, yeah. Who was first there? He said werewolf first, and then butthole monster. No, who was who was, was the first? Who tweet? was the first to tweet werewolf at you? Uh, the first one was Faint Dreams. Oh, you've won a prize. You've won a prize. You've, you've won, won prize. you've won the um The Improper Books bundle. The Improper Books bundle, thanks to uh Matt Gibbs of uh Improper Books who yeah. kindly donated us prizes. We'll have to do like a DM or something to get your address and that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know no, your competitions. Well, actually, um yeah, we'll sort that out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, we won't do it on air because that would be yeah. weird and yeah. shit. So sure. congrats. Thank Congratulations, dreams. thanks for entering. Yeah. And uh, I do kind of want to give James something there for saying butthole monster. I know. <laughs> ja- I was going to say, James, stay on the line, we'll sort something out for you like they do in the radio show, but he's not on line. He's not on the line. He's on social media. I'll message him a picture of my butthole. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> just angry teeth. Jobs are good. And we've, we've, got, we've got any other tweets of note? Oh dear. <laughs> wow. <coughs> Cripes. Um, yeah, quite a few. Um, let me see. Um, just lots of people loving it, really. It's just Aww, lots of love, lots of people saying, oh, lots of... Um, Lots of donations. Lots of donations. Oh, good. Yes, quite a few anonymous. <laughs> I forgot uh, to give out the thing again. It's justgiving.com forward slash SPCP live two. There you go. Give us some dollar. Yeah. And there was a onesie chat and uh, Jenny Gilbert, is that how you say it? Yeah. Boom. Oh, she's a budgie onesie. That's the best. That's what I'm talking about. That's, That's a onesie. There you go. With a mug of tea. It just looks Speaking so of tea, smart. I might do a tea in a minute. Right. Shall we call uh, Mr. Struble? And people asking if you started on the whiskey already, Barry. Cool. Yeah, no, you can we say have. That yes, officially, yes. Yeah, I have started yes. on the whiskey. Well, I've started on the bourbon, but that's a whiskey, isn't it? Isn't it a kind of whiskey? I feel like I feel like you're a bit of a slave, and it's making me a bit sad. Sorry. Can I just say I think it's awesome? <laughs> well, I'm getting biscuits, so I'm okay. Mr. Struble's not responding to my call. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> No, it's going to respond. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Is he, is he actually online? Well, he's online, but it says away, so I don't know. Is it? Oh, was it yellow? Yeah. I would... Um, oh, it's green now. Oh, oh, oh. He's probably running now. Yeah, see... Shall I hang up and try that again? I don't know if this is yeah. even working. Or ha- hang up and send him a message. I say, where the hell are you? You're Ember. 
I'll start just check my. Um, oh, it's really loud when you take your head It really is, isn't it? Also, my butt hurts. I'm Thanks. not even gonna. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, my butt hurts. Oh. <laughs> I love how that song from Community is my go-to thing to hum when I've got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> what are you humming? Uh, right, well, I should I should really have known, shouldn't I? <laughs> uh, I don't know whether to try and call him again and see if it works. Otherwise, I have to pull out the topics bag. Yeah, pull out the uh, the good old bag of tricks. Let's try this again. See if it works. Dude, got a very swanky tablet. It's a very swanky tablet. Sour, roll. Swank. Could have come out wrong. This isn't looking good, is it? Well, that's all right. That's fine. Topics. Boom. Topics. Topics and social media and Periscope. If, if anyone's got any... So we've got, we're now going to fill an hour, which is easy. Easy. Um, so if anyone's got any questions on social media, this is the time now to mm-hmm. ask any questions, any topics you want us to discuss. Um, stuff like that. Is Barry technically a cyborg and is that why he hasn't peed yet? Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag T7, the return. Well, I don't think everyone seems to be having tea at the moment. So your tea chat has just inspired people to go out there and get tea. I do love tea. I've not. I'm, I've well, you've not. got more whiskey because... Um... For, for anyone that's listening, we'll take this moment now to uh, say that I am uh, drinking Glen Murray Speyside Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. I bought that as a gift to say thanks for being nuts and oh, doing this sorry. for me. Oh, sorry. You say you bought it as a gift. I was supposed to take this away with me then. No, no, it was intended for today, but okay. also that you wouldn't have to pay for it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it is 24 hours. If you handed me a cheque to say, this is how much you owe me, they'd, they'd be war. war. <laughs> I'm just like, so, <laughs> that shopping that I did what came to 70 quid, so, uh, you know. Absolutely you know. nothing's there again now. War. <laughs> should have, like, a karaoke yeah, hour, yeah. perhaps. Sorry? Should have, like, a karaoke hour. Yeah, karaoke like, hour. Send in your requests to yeah, the Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah we'll, we'll, sing, we'll sing anything. <laughs> We'll Badly. sing anything. I mean, if we know it. Yeah, if we know it, we'll sing it. If not, I might make it up. I don't. Or, or just hum it. Oh. <laughs> you can sing. I can hum accompaniment. I'm. I'm gonna admit, I'm surprised I haven't sung anything yet because I am one for singing. But okay, we are now eight hours in, and I've only done one song. Eight oh. hours in. Eight hours. Yeah, that's I a know. long time. <laughs> it is a long time. I want it to be double figures. I'll feel better when it's double figures. It will be in two hours' time. <laughs> seems really far. You see how that works. That's how time works. It keeps so time, going well, not if you ask the doctor. It's much more wibbly wobbly and timey wimey than yeah. that. Mike's I'm, making noises. I'm hoping in hour ten, I'm going to come running through that door, even though I'll still be sitting here saying, "Whatever you do, don't eat the turnip," and then he'll run back out. <laughs> and that barry, that barry will have a beard and a scar because he's come from the future to stop me from <laughs> eating the turnip because that's what messes up time and destroys the world. Have you um ever eaten a turnip? No. Are they a root vegetable? But the, the, yeah. Half we said, half we said, are they a rude vegetable? Sometimes it looks like they've got willy. But um, on, on an unrelated note, uh, Yell um, Zaymore has asked whether she can donate via PayPal. I believe so. Mm. Uh, through just giving, I think. Yeah. 
she says. Or she could optimistic. She could donate to you, and then you could put that money to your just giving, couldn't you? Or that, yeah. yeah. Um, if yeah, if you want to PayPal stacebob.frosty at googlemail.com, which is a terrible email address, and I should probably get a more grown up one. Nah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can do it through just giving, though. I think that's how I did it. But I would have thought so. It'd be weird to not be able to do that. I'm trying to find... I don't know what I've done with my topics list. Oh, no. Mm. We're going to have to like try and have a normal conversation without... Well, I was hoping, I was hoping <laughs> social media would help us with topics. That's what I was hoping. Um, whilst I tried to find my own topics. <laughs> I love community. <laughs> it's too good. Oh, oh, what's that? Stop, oh, stop. oh, are you close? Oh, that's not something I should say. I meant to find in your fucking document. Jesus. Jiminy Cricket. Right, so I've got... Let's see. What we're reading at the moment, we've kind of covered that. Mm-hmm. Batman v Superman. Have we covered sort that? Of covered yeah, that. sort of covered that. Deadpool. We've covered Definitely that. covered that. I've got, are there too many cons? Boom. Mm. Yes, I have thoughts covered on this. that. I do have thoughts on this. Oh, cool. Oh, blimey. Who knew? Yeah, but not necessarily in a bad way. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't go to many cons because I'm a pauper. <laughs> <laughs> so you make that sound really posh, which we really want to say is because I'm a skinflint. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the cheapskate. That's better. Um, yeah, I pretty much uh, go to one, one con definitely a year, maybe a second one if I'm feeling pretty flush. <laughs> which is very rare Um, and deciding which ones to go to is a right fucking pain in the arse because there's like a million and one Um, the only thing I would say though is that I do like the fact that there's like a a mixture of cons because one of the reasons I really love Thought Bubble is because it's only comics you don't get any TV personalities and movie personalities and stuff there it's only comics small press mainstream loads of really interesting panels amazing party on the second day like I can't really argue with that. But I've got to admit, sometimes I just want to meet someone famous off the telly. So I do. <laughs> I do quite like it. I, like, I went to um, London Film and Comic Con for the first time last year. Yeah. Solely to meet Kevin Eastman, which was amazing. Um, but while I was there, the three of the four guys who were in the turtle suits in the 90s movies were there as well. And I ended up having like amazing conversations with them. Which was wonderful. Um, so I love the fact that there's like a mix of cons. Like if you just want comics and that's all you're after, there's so many that will sort you out. But then if you like me, because I'm really into voice acting, like I've got, I'm like a proper groupie for right. voice actors. And like I'm going to London Film and Comic Con again. I must said London Film and Comic Cock, which is such a <laughs> Freudian sleep. <laughs> um, so it's a very different con. <laughs> Uh, for, to the con e- at the end of July yeah. simply because Keith David's going to be there okay and I want to rub my face on his face what faces what faces what voices has he done well he's done a few like sort of backgroundy type characters in Rick and Morty but he's also done some in the Turtles the new Turtles cartoon right um, you were mentioning Mass Effect earlier on yeah he was uh, Captain Anderson Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you may know him from the amazing movie They Live, which is one of the best. Films I know ever. with the best with a lot. I, I mean, I know who Keith David is. That's mm. why I was trying to work out what voices he's done. I love yeah. They Live. He's got. A, have you seen the Nice Guys yet? No. Mm. 
No, because I'm getting confused with the wrong guys. He's a nice guy. Is that a new one? Yeah, one with Russell Crowe. Crow no, Ryan I've seen Gosling. the trailer for it. He's in that and he's amazing in that. Um, but I just want to like groupie all over him. So it's nice that I get the opportunity to do those things. Um, I do think those that London Film and Comic Con and stuff could stand to have a bit more of the comics. <laughs> well, well this, I mean, this is one of the sort of um, latest sort of big things that was kicking off a little while ago. This idea of um, trying to get cons to remove the comic from the comic con part yeah. of it mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and I was turning it and, and saying it's a pop culture it's pop culture con it's not comic con because yeah. you have no comics yeah um, mm-hmm. I, it, I, I mean I, I see it I understand the reasoning behind it but I understand the reasoning behind why people want to put the comic con in in the first place because it's a tagline it's something you can hang it off a hook mm. off um, so uh, because I mean like MCM gets a Sometimes get a, gets a bad rap for that, but then they have the comic village, which is a which is a big comic section in there. Um, but then on the flip side of that, most of the panels that they have aren't comic panels. No. So it's you know I, I don't know, I don't, but I think what they're trying to do is they're slowly they're just trying to maneuver themselves to be the UK version of um, San Diego. Yeah, that, that that's the end goal I think of MCM, and they're they're going in the right direction I think. Mm-hmm. But the but the thing with um, I suppose the American cons is the American comic cons is they have the big announcements, comic announcements as yeah. well. You know, Image are there and Dark Horse there, so they they have a lot of big announcements which a lot of the UK cons don't really have mm. in the, in the same sort of vein. Um, but I'm, I, I don't know. So it depends what day you ask me on because some days I think there's way too many mm. and we're at a saturation point. Um, but then I think of that from a per, from a as a punter, yeah. I can't afford to go to every single mm-hmm. convention that's out there now. Whereas, when, like when we started Get Syndicate 10 years ago, where literally I would go to Bristol convention, which was awesome, and um, Fort Rubble wasn't even really on the radar that much. So I used to go to another convention, which was in Birmingham. That was, you know, what Shane used to. So it was, I used to two conventions a year because they were pretty much the only two that were out there that I certainly knew of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fine. Um, and I, but I think the problem that I have now, where I, which is why this year I decided I'm not doing any conventions this year, is I started to get a bit saturated with them because it was, it just felt like the same thing, the same sorts of panels, the yeah. same sorts of stuff. I think the difficulty for me with with particularly British cons is that a lot of British cons have the same core group of people exhibitors attending. Mm-hmm. Because they're British people who they don't have to pay quite as much for to be at the con. And then they get in a couple of like American or overseas guests, like one or two that they can muster the money for. Um, Because I found like going to Birmingham, I only went to Birmingham like I think three years in a row. And by the third year, I was like, literally, I've met all these people before. Mm -hmm. And like, not that it's not nice to meet them again, because like some of these people are really awesome people uh, and making really good stuff. So you do want to go and see them and talk to them again. But it gets like, the hook sort of disappears a little bit because it's like, well, you know, I, I could do with saving my money and I did meet these people last year. And, mm, whereas, because th- th- I think that's why this year's Thought Bubble is driving me bananas because last year there was one person there that I'd not met before that I was excited to meet and I didn't even end up meeting him. So chicken out. Right. <laughs> but, um, but this year there's about 15 people who have never been... Right. there before that I'm just like oh, oh my gosh uh, and I'm really excited. I'm probably going to have a mental breakdown that weekend because yeah. there'll be too many people there for my tiny mind to grasp talking to um, 
but I do think I, I think the issue is is there's got to be a lot of cons because you can't expect people to always travel to London or yeah. always travel to the bigger cities. Yeah. Like there needs to be little well, little think, cons in places. I was going to say, you know, there is the other side of it, which looking at it from, and I suppose I can look at the other side because I've also been an exhibitor. And actually, um, I did a um, con. They had a con in Northampton, which was at a cricket ground, which is literally two minutes from my house, mm-hmm. which I went to and I took stock with me. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a particularly successful con, but straight away I kind of was probably up on what I would normally make to a certain extent because I didn't have to pay for a hotel, I didn't have to do any travelling, and just the, the, the hassle factor of all of that was removed. Obviously, I didn't get the same vibe that I get from cons of seeing old faces and you get the, the hotel bar shenanigans and that sort of stuff. But even that is is lessened now because everyone is so fragmented. Yeah. Whereas, you know, five, six years ago, you could pretty much guarantee that everyone you wanted to see would go to Bristol, say. So you knew if you went to Bristol, you'd have this phenomenal time of seeing all your friends and seeing creators and stuff like that, which is why Postcon Blues was always so bad because of that. Um, but now... I go to a convention, there's no guarantee that I'm going to see, you know, I've gone to some conventions now, like it's MCM sometimes, I hardly see anyone that I sort of know. I know it's not just about that, but it, I think that is one of the good things about conventions that I started to like was the fact that there was this sort of community of people that I knew that were going, that I could kind of hook into and, and, and know and, and talk about stuff, which was really fun, which for most of the time in my life, I, I wasn't having unless I did the podcast and, and even sort of, Six years ago, social media wasn't anywhere near the the monster that it is now. So you couldn't have those sort of conversations. There's one forums and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as an exhibitor, having those sort of local conventions and stuff, those one and the one day conventions as well, I think can be a bit of a godsend. I think as well, you know. Um, and it's just getting more expensive. I think to exhibit at a lot of these places, yeah. and as they're getting more popular, the table prices are going up. Um, Full Bubble now, I mean, the last time I exhibited at Full Bubble, I think it was last year, I think it was. But effectively, it's a bit like, you know, it feels a bit like the Hunger Games to get a table. <laughs> because you all go into this sort of lottery, effectively. Yeah. Everyone puts their name in to sort of go, I want to... And expect some sort of iffy type person to be standing on this thing going, you have been chosen for the 55 Full Bubble Games. You know, hey! <laughs> you know, it feels a little bit like that, you know. And then... You get this sort of period of time. Full bubble is fantastic, but you do get this little period of time on social media where everyone loses their shit because, you know, those people have got when they announced them, you have this big wave of people going, "Yeah, I've got a table," and this big wave of people going, "Fuck, I haven't got a table," and these are the reasons why I, I believe I haven't got a table. And it's and I think this year was a whole thing where I think they're inviting over more um, uh, people outside of the UK to be exhibitors, and I think there was some a little bit of a hoo ha around that and stuff like that. So. I think that in itself is quite difficult and puts a lot of pressure on Full Bubble, mm-hmm. uh, but also on, on on the exhibitors and the community as well. And um, I don't know what the answer to is, but I do. I still think, even saying those positives, I do think we've reached a saturation point with the amount of um, conventions we had. And now um, other people are cotton on to the fact that if they stick Comic Con in it, they don't even have to do half as good a job to no. promote it to make some money out of people. And that that's what bothers me more when it's. When I, you have a comic convention where, where it says such and such comic con, and you roll up there and it's got a couple of stars from Only Fools and Horses and EastEnders. And I, I think well, that just, that is just taking, that's when you're yeah. taking the piss. 
I'm happy to like, give things a bit of a go. It's London Super Film and Comic Con. You've got some comic people there, a little bit of sprinkling and stuff like that. But when you literally, you've just got Trick of Money, Fools and Horses sitting on a table on his own, you know. And it's nothing more sad. I think, I can't think what convention I went to. And it was one of those ones where it was lots of sort of stars, but they weren't really stars anymore. And it was real kind of like, do you remember a show called Hello, Hello? Yeah. yeah. Hello. The the guy who played the um, SS guy, um, Hair Flick. Oh, yeah. And the secretary, they were, I think, both there and they had tables there. And it was just, it was just sad. Not in a kind of like, oh, you're sad, but it, for me, because I used to I find the show quite funny and whatever. And just seeing them there, just sitting there, no one was paying them any attention. People just walking past. They had their name tags there. Most of the kids there wouldn't even know who they were. And I just thought, that's just, the, that's just sad. I feel sorry for you because actually what you did was good and it, and it was funny and people should recognize that. And it's just, that's what it's, that's what you've been reduced to. Whereas actually, back in the day, you were on a prime time BBC show and now you're just sitting at a table just like signing autographs for a lot of people who probably don't even know who you are. So, so. I tell you what does bother me is when conventions um, pay for someone to be there but then force them to charge you for um, autographs and stuff. Because mm. I know there are, there are some cons where you can't actually be there without charging for things. Because when I went to um, the London Film and Comic Con last year and I met one of the guys who was in the turtle suits, Nick Palmer, Yeah. Um, he was charging 15 quid, which was apparently the minimum he could charge yeah. for an autograph, but was saying... I don't want to charge you this money. So what I'm going to do on top of giving you this autograph is have, I'm going to come out from behind my table. I'm in my Michelangelo suit. We're going to do three photos together. One of us is going to be us looking nice. And one of us is going to be posing ninja style. And then in the third one, I'm going to take the head off so you can see it's me. Yeah. And we'll have that as well. On top of that, I'm going to give you a free picture. <laughs> I was just like, you're a dude. You're a proper yeah. top-notch dude. Because I think I'd be really loath. Like, I mean, I'm not famous, so it doesn't really apply to me. But Here I think about are. it quite a lot because I, I like the idea of being famous. Don't, you? Uh, uh, yes and no. Like on the one hand, I like the idea of like meeting lots of new people and people telling you you're great all the time and signing pictures and being like, oh, and doing things that you love for a living. Um, but the thing that bothers me is like I would be really loath to appear at somewhere where I was going to have to take like 15 quid off somebody who's already paid say 20 quid to get in. Yeah. And maybe an extra 30 quid on a train, yeah. maybe 50 quid for a hotel. Oh. And I'm there going, like squiggling my name and then yeah. going, all right, then see you later, whoever you are. Like, yeah. you've come all this way to see me and I'm just going to take your money. Thank you for that. Squiggle, bye. Like, I'd like to think I'd have, I don't know, I'd like to think I'd be like, no, do you know what? I'm not going to charge you for this. But then again, I do love money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the way you just really had to, I was just thinking God Stacey's got far more integrity than I gave Chris. oh no there she is <laughs> well, there's I mean, a Stacey. you know it depends on how rich I was I guess yeah and I, and I think and I, I suppose the thing is with the whole kind of you know autograph charging I, I've never really sat with anyone who charged for autographs and, and specifically mm-hmm. asked them you know why do you charge for autographs what, what's the you know what's the reason behind it how does it work you know they may turn around and say look you know the money that I spent to get here and mm-hmm. all the rest of it and hotels and whatever, whatever, what I get back, that's effectively what I earn. This is effectively what I earn. This is my only way I can earn extra money on top of it. Mm. Then it puts a bit of a different slant on it, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Um, I mean, I I personally, and I'm just that sort of person that I wouldn't um, pay for autographs. Um, I would, I, I've asked for autographs for, for books and stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's not because I'm then going to go and sell it on eBay or whatever. It's, it's almost like a, for me to sort of say, 
I've really liked your work. Would you sign my book? Just mm. just so I can take that away and go, oh, okay, I've met you. And every time I open it up and I see that signature, it connects me to a moment where I remember meeting that person. That's the reason why I would do that as opposed to I'm just, you know, whatever. Um, you know, and even when I was first selling, I did my first, um, I never forget I did, when I did my very first book signing at Waterstones, it was the most bizarre experience of, of my life because I turned up there expecting it was going to be like, not Harry Potter because Harry Potter come out then, but um, imagine it was. Well, I, I was expected to tell him it's going to be, I'll just sit behind a desk and kill people and I'll just sign stuff. Hey, who do I make it out to? And I got there and she sort of, and they said to me, we want you to go out and talk to the customers mm-hmm. to effectively get them to come to the table to A, buy a copy of the book and B, for you to sign it. And I thought, oh, I wasn't really expected to do that. That's completely against why do this is all very nervousy stuff mm. and i did it and i was able to get a couple of sales and then after that it kind of a natural flow didn't start to happen but for me the, the best part of that thing and looking at it from the other point of view i guess is what i'm saying about being the person doing the signing was there was a um a little kid came up to me with a mum and the mum sort of said go on ask him ask him and I, he must have been about 10 or something ask him ask him and um he he went um how did you become a writer so I went, well, I said, how old are you? And I said, and he said, I'm 10. I said, right, well, I, you know, I, said, I was only a year older than you. I said, I was 11. I said, my brother took me to see a film, um, which was, you know, about Indiana Jones. It was a film or whatever. And I came home and I really wanted to do something because I was so excited. And my mum said, why don't you try writing something? So I did. And I just kept writing. And I, I, was, I was telling this story, just this little kid. And then when, and I keep, and I've said this story many times on the podcast, but then when I stopped talking, there were about 10 other kids with their parents that had drifted over because I'd been talking. And then there was a kid people and then I was signing copies for people. And for me, that's one of like my like most treasured memories of my life was that experience. And it wasn't because, look at me, I'm really cool. I'm like, I'm signing <laughs> copies for people. That's like, I'm special. It was because like I understood now why some people do do ask for things because it's a, you, you want that connection because you feel that someone says something interesting I want to be a part of that and whatever whatever mm. so I get that um, personally I, I don't, I'm not sure I get the, the charging for signatures mm. um, I don't even know if I even get it for charging for photos but I suppose it's a, but I suppose when you think about it if a star if someone like William Shatner was you know turns up at a convention to do photos and says, I'm going to do photos for free. That dude's going to be there longer than we're here today. <laughs> yeah, there's no way he's right? leaving that building. <laughs> you know, and in my mind, yeah, and in my mind, he should get something for that because mm. he's on his feet, he's standing, you know, mm. what we see is that one photo. We see that one photo, he's just going, hey, and we just go, ah, oh, why is he getting paid for that? He's just doing that for one. He's probably there, been there for like for four hours just going like that and each time, depending on how good you are as a celebrity, He's had to kind of be upbeat and, hey, yeah. how you doing? Right, what's your name? And be all like that. See, now, I don't know about that because when I did, a, I did a photo, I got the photo shoot for Kevin Eastman last year. And the only reason I bought that ticket was because I was scared I was going to chicken out of actually meeting him at the table and asking for an autograph. Um, oh, so okay. I thought, if I do this photo shoot, at least I have to meet him, even if it's briefly. Yeah. You know, I have to because I've paid for this. It's an extra charge. Uh, but I'm glad I ended up seeing him at the table because we had, like, we didn't talk for very long because obviously he got quite a big queue um, but we did have like a two or three minute chat and we were talking about Donatello's tooth gap in the new Ninto- uh, Nintendo Nickelodeon cartoon because yeah. um, it's like one of my favourite design things of anyone ever um, but the photo shoot was literally like they took my bag 
Like you walk in, they took my bag from me. They pushed me at him. He said hi. The bloke went, okay, one, two, three, click, and pushed me out again. Gave me my bag at the other end, handed me the photo, and I was gone. Wow. <laughs> literally, literally less than a minute. I was. Wow. I think the longest part was waiting for them to give me my photo. <laughs> and then I hated it. I was like, can we do it again? They were like, no, get out. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, God, I look really like starstruck and sad. <laughs> like I'm there going, oh. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. The photo shoots are a weird one for me because I think um, I understand why you would have them. I absolutely do because I would love to have photos with like billions of people. Mm. Um, but I think I would much prefer, and I don't know how you would manage this, but I would much prefer to be able to like, A, take my own photo so that I can make sure I fucking like it. Yeah. <laughs> but but also like not have to do it like standing in front of like one of those school picture day like weird model oh, green screen yeah, things yeah. where you look like you're in a studio and you're like, yeah, okay, this is weird and unnatural. Um I'd rather pounce on someone in the street and get a natural selfie, but I also wouldn't do that because I'm too chicken to pounce on people. We well, see this this is one of the things like when you do um so when you do MCM and you I mean I've not covered MCM myself in a couple of years because we send people from GS and they, they, mm. they'll cover it, cover it because I'm a big believer of um, one of the reasons why we got people involved in Geek Syndicate outside of me and Dave was because we were getting these great opportunities and I thought I'd like to get other geeks having these great opportunities because some of the stuff that they were getting I wasn't necessarily a fan of but I knew other people who were mm. bigger fans so I'm like I want to be able to give them those experiences so that's part of the reason why we started to get other people into write for GS um and um, but when you do MCM, all of the press stuff is upstairs. It's not on the f- out on the floor. Mm. Um, and the minute you have one of these sort of guests on, and the press conference stuff ends, everyone just swamps in them to get photos. So there's no queuing up. Well, there is because you've got the, the press people there, but there's no charge or nothing like that. It's just press guys going, "Oh, can I get a quick photo and stuff like that?" Um, that's how Dave got a photo of the guy from him and the guy from Fringe, uh-huh. John, no- John Noble. Oh, um, there's a photo on the side of Dave and him because Dave had just done a round table with him. Can I get a quick photo? Mm. He's like, yeah, sure. You know, um, I'm not that brave. I'm not very good at that. And I will sometimes sit, have a really great talk with someone and then won't think to, because I did, um, the last MCM I went to, Felicia Day was there. Uh, and she was great. She was actually really cool. And I thought, oh, actually, I wouldn't mind a little photo with her and didn't do it because mm. I'm like, just go and ask especially and I'm, I'm that sort of person I don't want to inconvenience people when I see as a yeah. kid people have already done the same thing I'm like I don't really want to be that number six person that she actually turns around to and goes just F off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, but I'm thinking we've still got half an hour we could do another competition we could do another competition have you got your list of I'm prizes gonna, and I, things I, whilst we get a report from social media I'm going to try and find the prize list um, I don't suppose Mr. Struble has contacted us in any manner. No. Not on my phone either, on email. Oh, um... I'm just wondering if... Because my biggest fear for this section is that I've fucked up the time zone difference thing because Um, he's an Americana and I'm really scared that I've told him a time and he's going to rock up like in two hours' time and be like, hello, I'm here. (laughs) I'm I'm like, ah, fuck. That was two hours ago. Well, you've got an email from Woucher. Um... (laughs) Getting and quite a few donations from just giving. Oh, snazzy! Excellent. What total are we running at at the moment? By the way. Oh, okay. Let's have a look. Mm. I can't stop eating skittles now, God. Oh no! Don't do that. Do you have skittles? We are at five hundred and forty-seven pounds and forty p. Nice. But we could do better, people. We could do better than that. Yeah. Keep the donations <laughs> coming. It's for a worthy cause. 
justgiving.com forward slash SPCP live to yeah. do that. Yes, and I know it's a bit of a... It's not ideal for a podcast, but there is a special gift from someone for you, Stacey. Oh. Via Twitter. It's from Danny Abram. Mm-hmm. She's made something visually Ooh. beautiful for yourself. Oh, I want to see it. So, bear with me. Pretties. And mm. um, wait. Um. Ah! <gasps> oh my god, that's amazing. So for those Holy that can't shit. see... <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> it's Stacey in her various forms. In all my amazing around. outfits, my turtle's <gasps> jumper. That's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Danny, that's the best thing I've ever seen. That's awesome, Holy Danny. crap. <laughs> I am somewhat jealous now. I'm just going to put that You're going to have to take that away because I'll just yeah, keep staring at yeah. it. It's quite hypnotic, actually. <laughs> it's, a whole, it's, it's, so spinning around, it's a whole. It's so It's a whole Wonder Woman like yeah, Dana Penn vibe going on, isn't there? That um, that turtle's dress that I'm wearing in the second spinny round part was what I was wearing when I met Kevin Eastman, and oh. he said it was smashing. <laughs> I also wore that when I met Townsend Coleman, who did the voice of Michelangelo in the '80s cartoon, uh. and he told me it was tubular. <laughs> it's like brilliant. <laughs> That'll do. Um, what prizes are we giving away, B? Right, what we uh, we've already away? decided I'm not going to do dead, dead Queen Detectives just yet. No, we'll wait till um, we can't give that away, I haven't got it with me. Um, how about a... Uh, oh, what we could do, actually, is we could do a biggie. Oh, go on. So we've got the complete Carlos Esquera. Esquera? Esquera? Sure. Um... <laughs> He was obviously done for a uh, Judge Dredd mm-hmm. artist um, from IDW, um, and it's got a sketch by Carlos himself inside. So that's a biggie. Oh, that's a biggie. Um, I I've think seen we, it. it looks amazing. Yeah, I think it we put the uh, we put an image up, didn't we, a few we days did. ago of what it looked like. So uh, social media can probably do a retweet. I keep wanting to say I keep calling you social media guy. I know you know your name's Mike, but I just like <laughs> social media guy. Um, so what we need is a question. I came up with the last question. So. Oh, don't put me on the come spot. Come on, Stace. Come uh, on. Mm, not what is my comic cons. Yeah. For some reason, I thought something about buttholes, but. You've <laughs> <laughs> already just given that answer away, haven't you? <laughs> um, okay, this is a fairly easy one. Who? Why did I go to London Film and Comic Con last year? Who did I go to meet? Okay. There you go. Okay, I forgot. Tweet us. Do an hashtag and that. And is it the first person who answers? First person who does a tweet. Yeah. I'm really scared that I've cocked up my timings on on Sean. Uh, I did keep a list in case I panicked, but now I'm scared to look. Don't worry, because you've sent him a message. So he will come on and say, I'm on now. And you just say, I've messed my times up. I'm really sorry. (laughs) It's all all good. These things happen. Uh, Don't worry. What am I like? Don't worry. So, um, me to organise this. Do we have any uh, topic suggestions or any comments from social media before I go back to the magic topic list that social I have? Social media, Mark. Well. <laughs> <laughs> social media, yeah. Social um, media. Mark. Well, I actually, there's a, a few poll questions. Ooh. Like, for example, when we're talking about cats, I did a poll, should we talk more about cats or comics? Ooh. And people wanted more cats. Really? Oh. So, yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> Slightly disappointed with you. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel somewhat vindicated now. I was yeah. a bit worried about that. I think when we, when Jenny and I did this in 2014, we talked an awful lot about dogs because she's a very very much a dog person. Mm. I mean, she's not literally a dog person. Yeah. She's a person that likes dogs. <laughs> she, she's an actual person. <laughs> but it's I, not a TV series wolf. But I also yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh god, I forgot about Wolf. Oh, isn't it amazing? Was oh. that a CO or TV thing? Yeah, yeah. CO or TV used to have such weird shit on it. Yeah, that kid could not act so good. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, what's it, Bernard's watch? I never saw that. Oh, he couldn't act, bless him. Bless him. <laughs> don't you think kid actors... No, I shouldn't say that. I was just going to say, don't you think kid actors are generally quite bad, though? I, I'm not, I, I can neither confirm or deny that statement. Um, Lee Grice has a topic for us. Oh, it's literally a topic, a, a topic. chocolate bar. Yeah, thank, thanks, Lee. What's your favourite chocolate bar, Barry Nugent's? Um, <laughs> ooh. ooh, yeah, I know what mine is. It's not even a question. <laughs> I, I quite like Twirl, actually. That's. Do you know what? That I can accept. That's my... in my top like five. When I go into ooh. shop, I tend to pick up Twirl because I'm a bit skimpy and I think like, it's a bargain because there's two in there. <laughs> <laughs> that, but they're that. a little bit shorter. But yeah. I don't, yeah, but my problem is I don't like flakes because flakes are a bit messy. Yeah, they, they're like flakes, but contained within more chocolates. And, so I they keep, don't go and every everywhere. time I go to eat a flake, I have a flashback to those cheesy adverts in the 70s. Oh, with a lady in the back yeah, getting a toast stuck in her. Flaky as chocolate. Tastes, tastes like chocolate. Never tasted before. Because it's sexy. Porn, 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 porn. Yeah. You know, it's Core, just. Porn, sex and after. Yeah. I'll tell you. I, I often do it sometimes. You watch adverts. Uh, the guy in the background, I'll just shout out, sex sells, sex sells, sex sells, because it's clearly a sex selling advert. Yeah. Um, I, my favourite chocolate bar is, without a doubt, a Whisper. Yeah, I did go for a phase of really liking Whispers, and that kind of... Always a better a Whisper. And if, I, if for some weird reason I'm not in a Whisper mood, it's a Kit Kat Chunky. But I feel like I should stop talking about food, because I was recently on an episode of um, BBC Horizon talking about obesity and uh, I did like a good like t- like like hour and a half interview about like media representation of overweight people and the strains on the NHS and uh, you know my personal experiences with it and all this sort of stuff, like really deep and meaningful conversations and the bit that they kept in was the bit where I where I just basically go mental over a bag of Doritos yeah <laughs> It's, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I, I think Dave and I were really lucky when we did the BBC shows because mm. um, pretty much everything we wanted to stay in stayed in. Mm. Uh, well, actually, no, everything it was everything we wanted stayed in. Everything stayed in. Um, obviously, you know, they they filmed a hell of a lot more stuff, but everything we wanted stayed in. And um, but they were very passionate about doing geeks um, well, and I, we were both worried that we were going to do geeks disservice and make us look really bad. Mm. Um, and they didn't do that at all and hats off to that whole team because they were fant- and I'm still in touch with them if ever um, you need like a lady correspondent you know well I said this is the thing I was having a bit of, I'm having um, a bit of a moan about yesterday was that afterwards we pitched loads of ideas to like the BBC bigwigs and one of them was to do a TV like a proper full on TV series like, mm-hmm. like in the style of kind of a top gear where you'd have mm. presenters or like the gadget show is probably mm. a better closer to which, which it would have effectively been me, Dave some other people um and, and probably a female presenter to sort of round out whatever. Um, yes, yes, Stace, yes, you could, yes, yes. <laughs> that faces me registering yes, my interest. <laughs> yes, it would have actually been, in fact, that was the pitch. It would have been me, Dave, and Stace doing <laughs> Geek Syndicate TV show with a whole host of correspondence and stuff. And I'd done this. So been, much sass. Yeah, and I, the I'd world spent, take that much sass. I'd spent ages doing this big pitch document myself of how it would work and hand together, and they just said no. Um, and uh, I still believe that UK's they've missed a trick. Not not for us, but I think given how massive pop culture is right now, mm-hmm. that we don't in the UK have any kind of show that kind of covers that as a whole. No. I feel is a crazy thing not to have, really. Mm. 
you know, if it was done, and I think if you did it in the right way, you would get an audience across the board that wasn't just your specific geek audience. I think you would get stuff across the board simply because when you look at shows like Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones is effectively, if not the, probably the biggest TV show on at the moment. Yeah. You know, that is a, and no matter what people say about it, Right, you could say, "Oh, it's drama. It's just a, it's a fucking fantasy show." Yeah. yeah. Right. There are dragons. There is magic. It is a fantasy show. It's a, it's a very very good fantasy show. But that is what it is, mm-hmm. and you're watching it. I'm sorry, Mr. Cool Guy, but you're watching it, and you go into work and you talk about it. Um, and for that alone, you could build a show of of that ilk, talking about those sorts of things. Yes, I know they've got throne cast on Sky One, but I'm not necessarily talking about that. I think you could talk about the whole different genres you know Doctor Who is big um, I'm now going to run out of other shows but there are when you look at like American shows most of those really big ones are, again are genre shows as well you know mm. and I just think we're just missing the trick for that but what do I know <laughs> I'm not a BBC commissioner or anything like that no. so well if it's if it's any constellation uh, Pete Rogers says a uh, boost bar for him so <laughs> there you go it's good to know yeah, yeah. Um, but Sarah Wessel um, wants us to solve an argument for him. Okay. Okay. Frankenstein. Is he a monster or a zombie? He's a mm. monster zombie butthole. <laughs> is that is that is that really? Uh, well, oh. he's not a zombie because he's not a, re- a reanimated corpse. He's many corpses put together to make mm. a thing. Yeah. A monster. I'm going to go with monster. I'm going to say. But I don't even. But then, without getting all deep and stuff, depending on what film or version of Frankenstein you you watch um, for a lot of them Frankenstein doesn't necessarily see himself as a monster mm. it, you know it's kind of like the whole point of a lot of the Frankenstein stuff is him kind of going on that journey of like you know finding his creator and whatever it's his creator that views him as a monster it's his mm. creator that decides he's going to destroy him because actually I'm you know I've been really clever, but now I can't deal with what I've done. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to like lock him in a drawer, get rid of him because yeah. I don't want to deal with him. Or it's the villagers who are like, he looks like a monster, yeah. therefore he's got to be a monster. Whereas I think, I don't know what Frankenstein film it was, but there was one where, I think it was one of the black and white ones, where he kind of, there's one definitely where he meets a blind guy mm. who he gets on really well because he can't see him. I think that was the Robert De Niro one. Is it? That so. might be one of them. But I think one of the old boys cast another one where he meets as a little kid and stuff. And the kid had no... Con- I mean, you know, if you're a little kid and you see that like, big guy, like, nine times out of ten, you just think, cool. <laughs> <laughs> nine times out of ten, there's always yeah. that one time. But, you know, um, but they don't perceive him as to be the monster. Mm. Mm. They perceive him to be the hurt person. They don't perceive him to be the monster. So I think it's quite difficult to sort of go, is he a zombie? Is he a monster? Um I think it's also, considering the time it was released as well, just the fact that it's a combination of different people, there's that question of, does he have a soul? Yeah. And whose soul does he have? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because he's this new person, but, you know, it's that whole religious aspect of it as yeah. well. Yeah. But I think um, probably Sarah, knowing Sarah, she probably doesn't want that answer at all. That's far too metaphysical for her. She just <laughs> wants to fucking know, is he a monster or a zombie? I, I, I would say from that perspective, I would go with monster. I'm leaning on the side of monster. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Sorted. And um, Sarah says, uh, Barry can't pronounce my name either. So, there you go. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I think I might have mispronounced Wizzy. Sarah Wizzy. You're right. I, I've never been able to pronounce her name yeah. right. No, um, I'm, I'm atrocious at that. Yeah. Why well, I just call her Sarah? I don't even get onto the the W bit. Sarah W. <laughs> hey, 
Is it Sarah or Sarah? It's Sarah. It's Sarah. <laughs> did I say Sarah? <laughs> did I? Yes, did yes. I? A couple of times. Oh, it's Sarah. Yes, the whiskey talking. It's Sarah. I know it's Sarah. Sarah's ace. Oh, dear. Any more questions, topics? Um, no, just a rather lovely picture of um, how Pete Rogers imagines the scene over here at the moment. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a donation-a-thon. See, the... I'm that dude with the, um, the bow tie and stuff. And I so wish I'd bought a crushed velvet jacket. Got it. <laughs> Got it. And a lot of people thinking that I drew the picture of you as Indiana Jones, and I just have to say, I, that is, and a lot of people loving it as well. So, you know, that is out there now. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Where did you find that then? I, Look through your Facebook. I'm, I'm, a, good, I'm a very good stalker. You are. Well, you're not actually because you've just told me what you've just done. <laughs> no, that was that was done by a fellow called Rob Jackson, awesome artist. He did the logo for Podcast and a Half Shell. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. Oh, which is I, I, my lovely other podcast where I talk about nothing but turtles. I say nothing but turtles. That's a lie. We always go on tangents and talk about other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in the last episode we talked quite at length about the new Power Rangers suits. So, well, speaking of, well, I was going to say, speaking of Power Rangers. Yes. They're doing the new Power Rangers film. Yes. Thoughts? Uh, all right. Yes. <laughs> it's difficult for me because I did like the Power Rangers a lot when I was younger, but it's one of those shows that I watched up to a certain age and then didn't really care about after that. And I've forgotten almost everything that happened in it, except that they were Power Rangers and they had a big robot occasionally. Mm. Um, it's uh, uh, it, eh. yeah. It'll be fun. Like I'm not, I'm not. It's I'm not that precious about it that I'm going to be like, ah, it's like Jim and the Holograms movie ruining my childhood <laughs> and all that palaver. Um, I've never got that. The I two statements I've never, I never yeah. understand is ruin my childhood or raped my childhood raped I'm not even even going to go there as an explanation as to why that's nonsense yeah. and really my childhood is like oh, well no given the fact that my yeah. childhood is over have they gone back in time yeah, and like punched you in the face as a kid generally if, if someone, you still if watch someone goes things? back in yes. time and drags me out of Ray's Lost Heart as before it starts mm. then comes back in time to this moment and says to me I took it I was a guy who took out of Ray's Lost Ark I would be like dude you ruined my childhood that yeah. is you know, yeah. anything else is just nonsense. I've never understood that as a as a as a thing because, like, it happened a lot with with the new Ghostbusters and stuff. A lot of people going, "Oh, it's going to ruin everything." And I'm like, "Well, it's not. You can still, ju- you know, what you yeah. could do is you could not watch this new movie if you don't want to see it, and you could just watch the old one because you like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to stop. It's not because nobody's going to come to your house and burn all your copies of Ghostbusters <laughs> and like like rip up the Ghostbusters comics you like and smash the DVD. It would be funny if. They, if there was like a new unit, as like a special unit, that like the minute you said you're going to do reboot, that special unit, their their sole job was to a find out everyone in the world that had the originals, and then b send out another team. We'll call them the X team. They would go out and they would effectively come into your house and burn your copy, mm. so that you had to watch the reboot, and that was your only version of it. If there was something like if that sort of organisation existed, then I would be more concerned. Yeah. As far as I know. That organisation doesn't exist, so I can still quite happily watch my copy of Ghostbusters. Yeah. And guess what? You don't have to go and see the new one. You don't have yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, there <laughs> People that keep acting like, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be shit, but I'm going to see it. What? There, is that thing of, there is that little thing called choice. Yeah. That I think, you know. 
I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I've I've already said I'm not that interested in the Ghostbusters movie. And it's nothing to do with the fact that they're women. It's more to do with the fact that it's a reboot. Like I would prefer. I wouldn't. I would love to see more stuff in a Ghostbusters type universe. Yeah. But I'd, yeah. I'm not that interested in seeing the Marshmallow Man again. Like, do something else. That's all I'm asking. Well, that that was my whole issue with Star Trek initially. Yeah. Was I don't need to see this again. And now people have now. You know, there's arguments where people say, yeah, but now you're going to see that. That universe with like top top end special effects, it's not wobbly sets. I'm like, well, I don't care. I don't care. About I liked that. it with the wobbly sets. I don't care about that. Then you just do a new Star Trek, yeah, in a new setting with all those fancy spec, you know, effects and stuff like that. I'm I'm happy with my Kirk and Spock as they were, thanks. But when they then said we're going to play about of it a bit, and it's more of a like we're going to reboot it in a view of like using time travel to sort of wipe the select clean and whatever, whatever. And I'm kind of, okay, that's a bit more intriguing. You're trying to do something different and you're going to give me a film which isn't going to hit the same beats of other films that I've seen. Okay, that's before Into Darkness. Um, <laughs> whereas with, with the Ghostbusters, and again, I haven't seen it. I've only seen the trailers. It At the moment, it looks like the first Ghostbusters film. Yeah, yeah You know, the same sort of thing. You know, it starts out with, you know, three professors doing stuff. You know, they get kicked out. They form their own company. Then someone else joins. Then there's a bigger evil. No one, you know, everyone thinks they're rubbish. They then all come together. They save the world. They, they destroy a marshmallow man. And it's all good. Mm. That's my problem. It's like, but I've already seen yeah. this film. Now, on another level, there's going to be kids out there that won't have seen the first Ghostbusters. This is why I have to say, like, give it, you know, just calm down. <laughs> because there will be kids that won't have seen the first Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. That for them, this will be the first experience of it. Mm-hmm. In the same vein as there will have been kids that haven't seen Star Trek. Um, when we were talking to <laughs> or Ray- adults. Yeah, or adults. <laughs> there was Rachel who'd said, you know, her first, I was talking with stuff about Dot 2 and how I used to watch Dot 2. And she was saying, well, my view of Dot 2 is I watched it from 2005 onwards. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. It, there is people coming to things at, at different times. So this idea of, oh, we can't just do that because of da 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 is... Not nonsense, but I just think you need to look at it from a bigger picture and, and know that that's actually going to appeal to other people, yeah. not just you. The difficulty is that, that geeks as a community are very passionate and sometimes we let that passion get the better of reasoned arguments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know I've been, I know I've been I on mean, the wrong end of that one. I was going to say, the thing is as well, I think I've even done it in the past. Like I've been completely irrational about some things in the past because I've been so vehemently like passionate about it. Um, but yeah, I do think sometimes we just need to chill out. Like, there's other shit going down in the world. Just like enjoy what you want to enjoy. Don't watch what you don't want to watch, and can calm down. Well, I think the <laughs> I think the big thing for me is, and again, you know, doing a podcast, you yeah, and be quite anim- You know, you, you have to be quite animated. I think when you do a podcast because yeah. people are listening to you and whatever, and you know, people want you to be passionate. That's yeah. kind of why you, they're listening oh to God, a podcast. Nobody wants to listen to a podcast. So, like, oh, I read these snips, all right. But, I, but you know, on the flip side, there's ways to be passionate without being like completely negative all the time. There is yeah. ways to be passionate, you know. And when I love something, I'm very animated about it. Um, but I think as well, when you're doing a podcast, you have to be prepared to go, I was wrong. Mm. Yeah. You know, and there's times I have railed on things, films, because from trailers and stuff. And then I've gone to see the film and gone, I was actually completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And I've come back and, and gone, yeah, I've seen that film. Actually, yeah, I put my hand and go, yeah, that's, I was wrong. I even, I think when we did the Star Trek review, we, I actually did an edited clip of Dave and I ranting about it. And then we went on to our review. And went, well, yeah, okay, that, that was us then. And now <laughs> just get some salt to put on my Yeah, words. do you know what I mean? Yeah, go, okay, just yeah, give them a little bit of flavour. Just pass me that hat. <laughs> and I just put some salt in it. Yeah, okay, 
tuck in. Um, and I think you've got to be prepared to and be prepared to laugh at yourself and laugh at the fact you were that passionately, vehemently against something, and actually they've proved you wrong. And I love to be proved wrong by something. I love to, to look at something. Think, I don't think I'm going to enjoy that, and I must dare them to prove me wrong. And then go in and go. Do you know what? You, you did prove me wrong. I really did enjoy that. Because um, I think sometimes there's that view of. I'm not going to like this. And when I go into this film, I'm going to do my level best to make sure that I'm proven right. Yeah. So that's when you start to look for things to pick holes and go, well, that, it's, just, it's just shit because of all these reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I had to fight really hard against the tide of stuff against Batman v Superman when I went to see it. Um, it was so down there. And I came out of it and I thought, I actually quite enjoyed it. You know, I'm not saying I couldn't see where the problems were. I'm not saying that at all. But I said, oh, I quite enjoyed it. But he went, went through this whole phase. It's almost like the, the Leave Stay campaign thing for a while. Batman Super and was like, you almost were scared to say you enjoyed it because you got roasted. Or, you know, so it was just like, how can you like that film? Oh, you don't know anything about anything because you're talking nonsense. I can, well, I can say that because that's my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hate this thing that people seem to think that opinions are facts. Yeah. So you can say you dislike something and someone will come in and say, well, no, you don't because of this mm. <laughs> or vice versa. And it's like, well, actually, you, you're not in my head. You don't know how I think and feel about yeah. things. Because, um, I, I mean, Batman vs Superman is a really funny one for me because I came out of the cinema and I was like, good heavens, that was long. But yeah. I had, like, I felt like, I, it felt like a slog to yeah. me. Like, I felt like it was hard to get through. But I could list like as many things about that film that I enjoyed as I as I could things that I thought were shit. But I think it literally, if you'd have cut it down by like half an hour, I'd have probably enjoyed it a lot yeah, more. It, it felt hard. It's weird as well because extended cut is longer. Mm. And um, but a lot of that seems to be stuff that makes other stuff yeah, make more sense. Yeah, yeah, that's um, and that's what I've heard. Because what, what I want to know it. is why is Batman psychic in it? Why is he having visions of paradox <laughs> and, and dark side? No, legitimately, that's a question I have. Uh, no, Someone I, tell I, I, me. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a whole time travel thing that was going on in there with the Flash and stuff, but it just it just mm. was disjointed. The problem. It just it felt disjointed. Choppy. And I remember going to see Lord of the Rings films, really enjoying them, really enjoying them, um, and they were long anyway, and watching the extended version at home. Mm. And I watched, um, I think it was Two Towers, which I had a couple of issues with, I watched the extended version, which fixed all of those issues that I had. But because it was so long, I watched it over two days at home. But that was fine because I could do that. I don't have a problem with that. But I have a real thing sometimes with a lot of the movies now where I kind of think, why is this three hours? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know, Rich and I were talking about this the other day because of this thing of him watching 366 new movies this year. Yeah. Um, we've come to a point now where we really appreciate like a solid 90 to 100 minute movie. Oh, like a... <laughs> like, we watched Anaconda recently because it was 84 minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, we the amount of films that I've, kind of, I've looked at back and I've gone, that's, that's 90 minutes, right? We'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll watch yeah, it. And I've gone, this is great. Well, I was going to say, the thing is, there's a lot of films where, like, to me, length doesn't always necessarily mean quality. Yeah. Mm. Um, Like Batman versus Superman, I genuinely think if it was a little bit less hard going, like if you just snipped some things here and there and maybe put some other bits back in, you'd have had a lot, like a much tighter, yeah. more enjoyable movie. Whereas, like, yeah, there are some films that are like, yeah, you just feel like, I think we, we talked earlier about watching the Studio Ghibli movies and the first one that we watched was Laputa Castle in the Sky mm. which I think is the longest Studio Ghibli movie that they've done and you could feel it 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's a good movie, but you just think, like, oh, like, it got to a point where I was sort of checking my watch, like, is it, is it gonna end or have I, <laughs> is this my life now? <laughs> yeah, it's all I do now. Um, yeah, I could, I could stand to have films, some films be a little bit shorter, it'd be quite nice. I've got a short attention span as well, though, which doesn't help. Yeah. Like, um, I find it difficult if we go to the cinema to see a really long movie, because towards the end I'll be itching to, like, I don't know, just have a quick check of Twitter or just look at something else for a yeah. bit, because I'm like, oh, I just, I need to, that's why I like comics, I think, you know, because I can just, like, read one in ten minutes and be like, oh, cool, yeah. <laughs> move on to the next thing. Like, yay. You look, you're about to say something. Yes. Uh, shall we do the winner of the competition? Ooh, Ooh let's. Yes, if you've got one. Because they, they, everyone answered pretty much on the same minute, but one person did it, like, a millisecond quicker right. than everyone else. So, the person who has won... What was the answer, by the way? Mm. <laughs> so everyone gave the same answer, and if it's the wrong answer... I forgot the question. Oh, it's Kevin Eastman. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I genuinely, legit forgot what question I'd asked. <laughs> well, the person who got it right is Lee Grice. Yay! Oh, he loves his uh, 2018 and that as well. <laughs> Probably the way he was hovering. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> question. Sweet. I've written that down so that I don't forget. So you're more professional than I am. <laughs> um, I'm getting extra nervous again because it doesn't seem like our next guest is here either. So, like... <laughs> These are the first two American ones. So when you, get, <laughs> so when you, when you gave them times... Shall I get my list? I'll feel better about myself if I get my list. Uh, it's that Marvel book notepad that's on the floor down there. Spin around, Mike. There you go. It's not the first American. Pete was American. Oh, yeah, well done. Oh, I didn't fuck it up for him. Oh, that yeah. makes me feel a bit better. I feel like I might have just given everybody all the wrong times. Uh, let's check my list. Do, 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 do. Anything more from social media whilst Stacey's checking? Um, just a lot of love for the animated GIF uh, yeah, that... Um, that was good. Yeah. Uh, it is wonderful. That Danny did. No, no pressure, just Danny. Fun. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. Can't host <laughs> everything. I mean, it's fine. I don't mind. Even if you just want to do a spinning turd, it'd be lovely. Spinning turd? Yeah. Why just sell yourself? Spinning turd with a hat and glasses. What if we turn it into an ice cream and it comes out? Don't. Let's let's not go back to it. Don't. Let's go. We're at at nine hours. We've only got one more hour and then we've done ten hours. I can't believe we're not even halfway yet. Wow. I'm going to bring the thunder in the second half. That is redonk. Okay, so I think I have made a mistake with Kelly, which is really upsetting me. Um, Where's my list gone? Uh, I didn't make a mistake with Sean, though, which makes me feel better. Uh, Yeah, Kelly, I've got down as it being 10 o'clock over there, and it says 9 on her. (laughs) Shit. Shit. What, does that mean she comes on in an hour? She's going to appear in an hour. Who's supposed to be coming in an hour from now? Uh, it'll oh, be in the middle of Danny. She was only on for half an half hour. Half an hour, yeah. Ah, so be in the middle of Danny. Maybe get Danny on now. She wants to come on. So she would. Danny, come, would she Danny, come on? At, you're so would she come on at seven then? Uh, well, Dan, Danny was due on at half six. Yeah, so but what time is Kelly expecting? to Kelly come will on? probably appear at seven. Then. At seven. Yeah. So we could get. We could do uh, that if Danny. We could get Danny on now. She'd be on from. For, from 8 to 7 if she wanted to be. Can we tweet at Danny? And, Danny, are you listening? Help. And then get Kelly on at, at 7. 7 till 7.30. Yeah. That'll work. Yeah. I feel better. Well, before I do that, just, just so you know, Beavis uh, Musson said, just turn back on the podcast to hear Stacey say to me, 
Um, to me, length doesn't always mean quality. <laughs> Do you know what? When she, when she said it, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to go there. The I could have easily gone there. So it was just so easily telegraphed. Man, I thought, I don't like taking easy shots like that. I'm just going to let that one ride because there'd be plenty more of those to come along. I was so. going to say, when we're both a bit drunk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Save us, Danny. So either we get Danny on. Mm-hmm. Or we continue to riff, which is easy to do. Mm-hmm. Or we see if anyone else wants to come on. Oh. But that still doesn't solve the... The Kelly coming on later issue. Yeah. yeah. So really what we really need is, is we, Danny. We, we, yeah, come on, Danny. Save our bacon. Yeah, Danny. Have you sent her a message? Uh, do you know what? Because no, she's I online. Haven't. I didn't realise she was online. Can you <laughs> save our podcast bacon and stop? <laughs> This is thrilling listening for everyone else. I know, and, uh, people say, like, oh, it was doing so well. Nine hours, nine hours in and then it all goes to pot. Oh, Danny's cool. Oh, oh, oh. oh, Danny. Saving our bacon. Yay. <laughs> Hello. Yay. Hello, sweetie. Saving our podcast bacon. Hi. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Have you fucked up? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, well, to be fair, Daniel, I haven't fucked up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> meow. Would be you very new. It wouldn't, no. no. <laughs> How's it going? Milk, table two. Well, it was going all right till we fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I was really looking forward to Kelly as well. Is she going to be on later though? Me too. Well, I'm hoping she'll turn up at seven. Yeah. Because I think that's, yeah, I, I, I fucked up my timings. Oh, well, it's American though, isn't it? Like, what time yeah. is it over there? Who knows? Well... And it's that's like, the thing. I thought it was ten o'clock over there, but actually it's only nine. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I didn't think it was possible for someone to be nine hours behind us, though. Or however many hours that works out to be. I don't know. I can't do that. I am. I am literally rubbish with time. I would yeah. be. I'd, I'd be the worst ever time lord. <laughs> yeah, but time wouldn't even matter to you. So it'd be no, I because I'd, I'd just go nowhere. <laughs> so where are we going today, Doctor? I, I don't know. I don't, uh, I, I've got a clue. <laughs> yeah, I, I was rubbish at history at school, so I wouldn't want to go anywhere because I just would look like a, an idiot. Anyway, hello, Hi, Danny. Danny. Hi. <laughs> I'm so nervous. Oh, oh why are you nervous? I've never been. I've never had to like talk for an hour before, like on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, c- I can. Un- really, really good, haven't they? Like, they've had some awesome guests on today, and they've also so, said funny and amazing things. <laughs> so you've so you've been listening then? All day. Bloody <laughs> well, I missed Jamie Smart in the morning, which I'm so sad about because I had to run out and buy some actual tech for today, <laughs> buy, like, a headset and everything. To be fair, I'd, I'd forgotten to bring my headphones. I had to buy headphones at Birmingham New Street. Yep. Oh so, you're, so, so you're not, you're not the only one. I wouldn't, wouldn't worry. And, and I wouldn't worry about talking for an hour. I mean, I've never talked for nine, that's nine hours before straight. Yeah, nine hours straight. Oh, that's a long time. Mm. I don't know how you guys are doing it. You're really. <laughs> one, one, one word, whiskey. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just dawned on me that it's not even halfway through yet. I know, well, now I know. That I'm early, I haven't even had time to go and get my ginger beer. <laughs> <gasps> I've got a thing like a label and some whisper bits. Not a whisper uh, bit, but a whisper well, bit. A, don't Ooh. ever rag on tea, because tea's amazing. And B, whisper bits, uh, thumbs up. 
Are they the are they the are they the ones where it's a packet? It's just a lots of little ones. square ones. Yeah. No, I didn't, no. Little whispers, which I swear they're better. I, I swear they're better. No, see their quality. I like those. Yeah. Or like uh, before be whisper bits. My favourite was giant buttons. Oh. We did, uh, because I work in a weight management uh, department, you probably wouldn't believe it from looking at me, but I went to a mindfulness uh, talk that the psychologist who works for our team was doing. And she did this experiment where she gave us all like four giant chocolate buttons. And she said, what I want you to do is be really aware of the food. So I want you to like really pick it up and feel what it feels like and smell it before you eat it. And when you put it in your mouth, don't chew it straight away, like really experience the food. And then do it again for the second one. And then see if you even want the third one. And before she'd even finished talking, I'd eaten all four. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're trying to prove here. I love buttons. So so wait for the the second one. Mm? (laughs) She's like, really taste it and smell it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, we're talking. Just with a mouthful of uh, chocolate buttons. So The other day for tea, I had a whole bag of Chang Plastics. So that's what you're dealing with right now. That's very wow. nutritious. I cannot add up. So before we re- with me. Okay. Yeah. Probably throw you out, I reckon. So so before we like get started and I didn't disappear for a second. Are you actually gonna pee? Oh, what? What? It's good. No, I'm just no, what, what I'm gonna do now? is No, what I'm gonna do is I'm actually I'm literally just going to go for a walk. I'm gonna go to for the co- I'm gonna go for a constitutional and then, okay. then I will return. But um, I was going to say, before we really get started, then, in, like, who are you? What do you do? Okay. That sounded, that sounded really confrontational. I'm really sorry. <laughs> who was, are you? I sounded like I was on the Sweeney or something. I was like, what do you do? Who are you? So I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll rephrase it by saying, um, Danny, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? I think so. I think that's why I'm here. Um, <laughs> I, I would describe myself as a professional animator and professional warrior, I think. So I'm I'm an animator. I've also made comics, which is I think that's how I met you guys. Yes, the comic scene in the UK. I made I make a comic about being worried called Worry War, and uh, I don't know. I, I I make little stupid gifts and put them online as well. I'm a nerd, definitely a nerd. <laughs> I I um, I'm a warrior and yeah, that's, and you're that's, Just those two things. Well, I, you know, I, I mean, I said this to you before. I mean, that was why I know we kind of first properly. Um, Met where I asked him to do like a little piece for Geek Syndicate. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, is it, yeah I, I am, I am that Barry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, he sounds really, f- well, oh, that was the right. Mental health comics piece. Yes, right? yes, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought, uh, and I still think that Worry Walk was a spectacular comic. Um, oh, absolutely spectacular. And I, I say that now, and I've said this earlier, and I've been drinking, so I may get a bit whatever. <laughs> Um, but because I thought, I, I genuinely did think about this comic because I'd said earlier that, um, my father had passed away several weeks ago. And, um, so obviously I am quite up and down mood wise. Yeah. And, and, and it did make me think of your comic because I think the, and obviously I've, I've dealt with depression in, in different forms in, in my life anyway. Um, and I thought the way your, the way you talked about it in your comic was so, it sounds really patronizing. It's so honest and so true, mm. but that's the only way I can kind of say it that it I, I believe does it justice. Yeah. yeah. In that it felt true because I read it and I thought, no, I've had days like that. Mm. I've had moments like that and I've behaved like that. Um, and I thought it was the other word I would use. It was really brave to, to, 
to talk about yourself in that way, mm-hmm. in a comic form, I thought was, and, and to put it out there for people, um, it certainly made me sort of sit up and take notice of my, you know, how I'd reacted to things in my life in the past mm-hmm. and stuff. So I just wanted to say that I thought that was brilliant. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't help other people. Personally, No, I agree, because I think the thing about mental health is that a lot of people hear the words mental health and think full-on crazy person. Mm. I don't think a lot of people realise just how many people actually suffer with things like anxiety or depression or, I mean, myself, I have a combination of those with a a little side order of paranoia, which is really fun. (laughs) Um, So it's... It's great, yeah. isn't it? It's absolutely fantastic. Because um, <laughs> the worst thing is, is the paranoia usually kicks off the anxiety. <laughs> like everyone's talking about me. Oh no, why are they talking about me? <laughs> it's really strange. But I think it's really nice to see that there are more people talking about that kind of thing yeah. and being creative about it because it's it can feel like a really lonely place sometimes. Oh, um, I got interviewed mm. actually by. Um, Marie Claire magazine about the link oh, yeah. being a overthinker slash worrier and an artist because there was a few articles that came out around the same time that were all about this link between being creative, being an artist mm. and being completely anxious and depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like if, if you're, what the research was finding was that if you're an overthinker and a worrier, like you tends to be a creative person like there's a big enough link to make that mm. now, and that was really fascinating to me that it all started it, like because I started making where we and it wasn't that many years ago but it was a few years ago and I just I don't know if it's because I'm looking for it now or I just didn't know what to do before I made where we but there's anxiety comics everywhere and, and diary comics and comics about depression mm. and they're so good and they've helped me so much Thankfully, like since then, and this, the whole world opened up since Worrywart, that um, I don't feel so alone. And that's what Worrywart was for me. Was like a, a doctor told me to keep a diary, and I just yeah. can't. Words are boring, right? So <laughs> I can't write. Um, so I, I just drew the pictures of how I was feeling and, and what was happening to me, and putting them online, and just getting so much feedback and so many like lovely emails from people that were like glad to find it, just to feel not on their own. And I've definitely started yeah. finding that as well, like more and more comics springing up about, and just the fact that people are talking about it in such a in a much bigger and much open way is just mm. is wonderful for that like that hope. Like if you lose hope, <laughs> that for me was like my darkest time was because I just couldn't see that I would ever get better or ever be on the other side of it and mm. and feeling alone is a big part of that losing hope so just seeing other people making the same thing was it just made me so hopeful that one day I'll be fine yay yeah. I, I don't know if I'm <laughs> like because I can't sell worry what I'm still too nervous <laughs> to go and tell people about it I made it into a book I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I mean I, I, I totally I mean we've talked about that with I mean if you've been listening you know we've talked about it, other creators this, this this idea of you know that creative people certainly in this country really struggle to promote themselves and their work mm-hmm. you know and I think worry what is a you know it's a brilliant piece of work and actually it, it should be Marketed sounds the wrong way to put it, but it no, should. It, 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 but but it, but it should be market. It should be out there more because I genuinely believe that actually it 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 can help. It could help 
other people mm-hmm. and more people in the same conditions. It's the sort these sort of comics, not just yours, but other comics mm-hmm. that I've read. Mm-hmm. These are the sort of things that even for people that go to GPs to say, I'm dealing with this issue, I don't know how to cope with it, rather than giving them just the, you know, because I've had a lot of, I've dealt with a lot of loss in my life, you know, mm-hmm. my mum passing, my brother's passed, my dad's passed now. Um, and every time you go to the sort of funeral directors or whatever, they give you, oh no, it wasn't, it's a hospital, they give you the same sort of pamphlet about how you deal with mm-hmm. loss and stuff like that. It's the same stuff in there. Yeah. But for, for me, I'm not saying it worked for everyone, but for me, if someone handed me a comic yeah. and said, like, literally, this person's gone through a similar experience to you, read this. Have you read Jamie Smart's comic about losing his dad? No. Oh, God, that kicked my heart in the fanny. Um, it's... <laughs> there's an image. It's... <laughs> It's um, it's really powerful because it's all sort of about sort of not really realizing what you have until it's gone. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, which is um, which is very much my experience. But I, I mean, I found one of the things that I found. Um, and now I'm going to refute the um, where's the rubbish draw pictures because I'm obviously I'm a writer uh, of, of, of 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 prose. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say of note then of, of and note. Like really big well, yourself up. <laughs> Well, no one else is going to big me up. Someone did it myself, <laughs> mightn't I? Um, but I mean, when I was, and I, you know, I, it sounds, I've never really admitted this, but I, I, I have this kind of thing in my head sometimes where I feel, I feel that sometimes my writing is a bit of a curse for me mm-hmm. because whenever I've written, whenever I've been writing a, a book, in inverted commas, um, someone in my life has passed away about halfway through or whatever. So with, when I wrote Fallen Heroes, it was my mum. She passed away halfway through the book. And my mum was my biggest influence on my writing and pretty much everything, really. And I stopped writing. I couldn't get back to it. I just couldn't get back to it. And um, eventually, I, I worked through it. And the way I worked through it, it's only it's only going to mean something to people who've actually read the book and remember the book. But there's a sequence in the book where there's, there's effectively two brothers, which are called Ben and Luther. And there's a sequence where they're in Antarctic. It's, a, it's an action story and whatever, but they're in Antarctic. They're in a tent together. And they're, they're estranged brothers. Um, and they have a conversation and they talk about their mum and their mum has already died. She's died a long time ago and they, t- they talk about mum and this whole thing about, do you remember the time where you know, I used to eat baked beans? I used to make you sick. I don't even know if you remember that scene, mm. but they, they talk about it. Basically, that scene is, that was me talking about my mum and that was my way of kind of writing about it. Because yeah, I suddenly... Re- out, like yeah, with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I suddenly realised that was what... That, this is why I write. This is where it comes from. You know, it comes from these emotional things. And this is what you do, you know. And that was my way of dealing with it, you know. And again, this happened with, you know, with Forgotten War. With, with my second with Forgotten Warriors, I've now lost two members of my family and still writing that book. And again, I'm in that same thing of, you know, trying to get back to it. And But I know when I do get back to it, I'll then dip into that kind of emotional yeah. shitstorm to, to kind of, you know, get something out of it to sort of write and go, this is me dealing with it. This is how I deal with it. And I think reading Worry Walk, that was what I got from you. That was what you were doing. Yeah, definitely. I I feel like um, I I sort of, I know I have to live with it. I feel like it's a sort of payment. <laughs> it's what I pay to be creative. Like, I can't be anything else. So I'm glad of it. But it's kind of like what, what, that's how it's balanced out. <laughs> Does that make any sense? No, that's like, a, that's... I pay this price to be who I am, which is wicked. But there it is. That's that's what it costs. <laughs> that's a really <laughs> no, no, that is yeah, that's perfect sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think it's a really interesting way to look at it, and I, and I think one of the great things about doing the podcast 
and then you know with the rise of social media is I've met so many I thought as well like I was the only one that was that sort of a person and I think when people either meet me or they listen to me or mm. even like today they they see me as a sort of well he's quite you know he can be quite loud he talks a million you know he talks a million words a second he's quite whatever <laughs> you know whereas underneath it all is like a raging shyness and desire to not do these things mm-hmm. to, to, to be in a room on his own I, lo- I mean I love writing I love writing but I, I hate having to then show people what I've done yeah you yeah. know and, and all and all of those things and it's if it wasn't for like you know the support that I have and seeing other people who are amazingly creative that also have that same crushing thing mm-hmm. it makes me feel okay it's not just me um and also, I have great support from Dave, who makes me do things and says, "Actually, you will be good once you." And, and he's right. Once I actually start to do stuff, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's even like I hope to say it's what Mommy's saying. But even today, before we started, and you were really kind of like about having to do it, mm-hmm. I was exactly the same. I just wasn't saying anything. <laughs> I just didn't want to freak me out. I do not. Say it. I hope. I just my thing. I'll. Well, these days I'll just burst into tears. I'll just cry. Or oh, what you me too. Though, I would just get the friggin' shits like immediately. <laughs> yeah, I can't be one of those like, oh, inside I'm a, I'm a raging torrent of like I, I'm on the outside, man. It's on the outside all the time. Yeah, me too. I think part of me though, sort of, it sounds really bad, but I kind of want to express it because I want people to know that actually I'm not always okay, and you kind of need to treat me with kid gloves at times. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. Like last week, I, d- I don't really want to go too much into it, but you know, with the, with the whole Brexit vote thing, the day after that, I took like a right dive, mental health wise, and I had to, I had to take my manager to one side and say, "I'm not going to be myself today. I know I'm not. You're going to have to just be careful. <laughs> just don't, don't, you know, pile anything on me or try and talk to me about it because I'll just cry." Is your is I'll your boss cry. really good with things like that? Um, like yes and no. I never do. I couldn't tell my higher ups if I was feeling wobbly I, <laughs> I sort of have to because I'm very um, I'm not good at hiding it when I'm wobbly like right. everyone will right. know regardless right. of whether yeah. I tell them so or not well because <laughs> yeah I might as well just warn them just just fair warning there's probably going to be tears today <laughs> but uh, I know let's cry <laughs> but the thing is, it's. I do like it. Like, if I, if I'm it feel, like, you feel better. It just, it just gets me out. And yeah. I tell everyone, just go and cry. What are you about? Just go on, mm. just go do it. Go get in the bathroom at eleven o'clock every morning. Have a cry. <laughs> but, but I think, I think, but I think the difficulty that I've found, um, certainly, I mean, I grew up in a household of like, you know, I had three older brothers, and it was very, it was, it was you know, we weren't like testosterone city, but it was very. You know, they were all into sports. Mm. Um, and I love brothers. I've got them with them, but they were all into sports and stuff. And I was the one who wasn't. I was the one who you come to our house. There's loads of trophies. I joke about it. And it's, but it's a fact. You know, all the trophies are there. There's no trophies for me because I wasn't very good mm. at that sort of stuff. And I always remember mum would, mum would say to me, like, don't worry. You'll find, you'll, you'll find your thing. You find your time, you know. And for me, it was my writing and, and mm. stuff like that. You know, that, that was my thing. And I didn't realize at the time. It was just something that I did. But that was kind of, you know, frowned upon. But from the emotional point of view, we didn't do that. We weren't really, not allowed is the wrong way to put it, but we weren't really doing the kind of like, if you're sad, cry, which is what you should do. I am crazy open about (laughs) everything. Certainly in my, you know, my upbringing, my network of family, whatever, 
it's almost like a badge of honor if you know for for the varying funerals that i've been to it's like people coming up to you and sort of going well done you've been really strong oh, really? and 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 you're sort of thinking well i don't want to i want to i have the certain things you've got to do when you're the only person there organizing stuff with your brother so you've got to do certain things so there is that element of strong's the wrong word to, mm. i would say just you've got to do it yeah you know you've got to organize things you've got to do things but when people are coming up to you and I'm just giving you a pat on the back because you haven't cried, say, well done, you haven't mm-hmm. cried because you're being a man, is... It, I can't even what I want to say... Yeah, what I want to say to them is that is absolute nonsense. It is, it is. The, it's, it's I think there's a really horrible... I don't know why this is getting really miserable, but like, it, like, <laughs> yeah. there's a really yeah. horrible statistic that like, suicide is the biggest killer of men in their 40s or something. I can't remember the exact mm. stat, but... That's massive. That's insane. I just, I think, they've got nowhere else to go yet. Mm. (laughs) I was going to say, we really need as a society to be addressing the idea of masculine and feminine Mm. traits. Like, because to me, I just, I don't think it's not masculine to have a cry if you're sad. To me, it's having a fucking heart. And yeah. like, you know, and if, yeah. but if you're feeling like you have to repress it because other people are going to go, bloody hell, look over there, that dude having a cry, fucking wuss. Like, it's, uh, it just, it's, it's a thing that's really bothered me for a really long time. Cause like I say, I'm quite open about, um, all aspects of my life, like yeah. the negative and the positive yeah. bits, um, because I don't like the idea that there are people out there, you know, not expressing themselves and ending up, you know, in such a state that they end up doing something really terrible uh, or attempting something. Because I've known people who've tried to kill themselves before, and it's, I think it's horrible that they think they're so alone. I know, That's why I, I sort of almost parade yeah. it around, like, no, it's okay, I'm bonkers and all, but yeah. like, we can all be bonkers together. But I think that's a, that, that's been the beautiful. See, watch me bringing it round now to comics and creativity. Watch this, <laughs> right? But but that but that Sorry. bring it bring it back bring it home. But that but, <laughs> but that that is the beauty of um, being involved in comics and creative mm. and being with creative people because. They are open. And what I've discovered, certainly over the last sort of um, three weeks, the outpouring of kind of um, support that I've received has been off the chart. But what, what I've been able to do with core people, not with everyone, I mean, obviously everyone's gone, I'm really sorry, and, that's, and that is lovely. But what I've been able to do is cherry pick certain people that I've been able to go, I'm having a shit time. Mm. I'm having a shit day. And they've been able to talk with me and we've been able to sort of back and forth, back and forth. You know, like, you know, and obviously, like, Dave is, is brilliant. I'm able to ring Dave and we have a proper talk and I can have a cry and all that sort of stuff. Um, and a lot of those things and a lot of those people and friends wouldn't have existed if I hadn't have taken the leap to say, I'm going to do a podcast or hadn't taken the leap to say, I'm going to be on social media with these people. Mm. So, you know, th- th- even though there are some real negatives to, to those things, there are some massive positives. Mm. And I think the positives are your network of, Friends, and this idea of people sort of going, oh, well, they're just virtual friends, is I'm here to say now that is bullshit. Because there are people that I have never met, and okay, yes, we don't necessarily have drinks and all the rest of it, but I consider them to be friends. Mm-hmm. I, like, like, almost like pen, you know, they're like pen pals. They're people that I talk to, you know, on a regular basis, we can really get into stuff. And it's just widened my network of friends. It's my, it's widened my experiences. It's widened the way it, made me look at other people's lives in a completely different way, challenged my own preconceptions about things, of which I've had a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, Jesus, you know, before I went to my first comic convention, I was like every other, like, norm, where I thought comic conventions all just... I, I literally would put my hand and thought... No, no, no. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like comic convention style. That's just where a lot of like sad geeks go. Even though I was a geek, <laughs> even you know, even though I was a geek, this is how bad it was. Even though I was a geek, the first time Dave was saying to me, "Come to this comic convention," I was like, mm, "Really? It's just gonna be a load of like sad dudes, just like oh, you know." Oh. Then I, you know, and now he, you are one of those. Yeah, and now I am one of them. I'm one. <laughs> one but but he took me along to it, and you've got to remember, I, this was me coming from world where literally the only other geek slash creative person that I knew at that time was Dave. That was it, you know. So when I went to the first comic convention, which I think it was Bristol, it blew my mind. Not only did the creativity blow my mind, that I, when I got home, I was straight. My notebook was out. I was writing. I was doing stuff. Um, I, I met so many people that were just so passionate about what they were doing. It was awesome. And I think that for me, even 10 years on, when I go to not all conventions, actually, that's not true. It, even the conventions, which are all kind of glitzy with loads of like TV stars and the rest of it, seeing that one sort of little table that you, you walk past and then you backtrack and you go, what is that comic? And they explain the concept to you. And you just go, that is genius. I have ne- there, there's yet to be a convention that I've gone to where there hasn't been one person that has told me a picture of their comment and I've just gone, I've never heard anything like that. That is amazing. You, I would, I would throw money at that shit. <laughs> oh, I haven't been to a con for ages. Haven't you? No, I got, like, well, when I was taking Worry War around to comic cons and stuff, I was just was so bad at <laughs> standing up and being like, hey, here's my book about nerves, come and buy it. Uh, I, I just had, like, you know, I'm too nervous. So I haven't been fun for a while. And like, once you've done the other side of the table, I don't know if you can go back. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've, I've done both sides of the table. Yeah, I and I do. I to and find my love again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's difficult because I, I like doing it as a punter, but I, one of the things I liked when I was an exhibitor was getting the person that was really interested in what I had to say and what I was selling, mm-hmm. that we'd get in these massive conversations that sometimes, um, was to the detriment perhaps of other sales because I could see other people drifting past mm. and I was still talking to this one person. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one guy I spoke to for like about 20 minutes and then he went, you know, that's really interesting. I really enjoyed that. Thanks. And he walked off and I thought, oh, okay, that's fair enough. And um, kid you not, he, this was a year later because he was at Fort Bubble. I met him at one Fort Bubble and he came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't necessarily remember him, but he came back with a copy of the book for me to sign that he'd bought outside of football but he'd obviously got off Amazon and then bought every single comic I had because I have this load basically with, with the book there's loads of spin-off comics and stuff yeah. he bought every he, he bought every single comic because Aww, he'd he'd been you. yeah he'd, he'd remember me he followed me throughout the year and that sort of told me a lesson of like you know no conversation is a wasted conversation even if that person walks away mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean they haven't taken away an interest in what you've said mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think the difficulty with exhibitors is distilling your work down to that what they call it in, in the states they call it elevator pitch yeah, that one yeah definitely. you know I was crap being it yeah it's 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 really hard I there's a there's a comic called Moon oh um, my god yeah <laughs> I was at a comic called Next to Moon and I think that's yeah slow, that was the decline of my confidence because watching him like he is so good at that shit um, Stephen Penfold right yeah. He, he can sell yeah. Moon. He, I've bought Moon about 10 times, I think. Like, he's... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and it's a really good book as well, though. Like, it should sell as yeah. it does. But he is, yeah. like, 
he's he's the, he's like an actor, isn't he? He's amazing. And I was mm. sat next to him, just looking at him, going like, "Well, that's not me. That's this is my last con." <laughs> no, it, I mean the thing. The thing with like, so I know Steve quite well because he's done um, comics for me. Mm-hmm. He, he's done he's done some of the yeah, comics. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know him quite well, and I sat next to um, those guys as well. Um, and, and weirdly, we've had a similar thing where Steve has said to me, well, I've done really well in sales. And he sort of said, well, I'm not coming again because I've, I've, <laughs> I've literally just done that same pitch over and over again. But his pitch of like, you know, it's the moon every night, the moon comes down to earth and, and solve ridiculous crimes. Yeah. I think that's the pitch, <laughs> right? That sounds that, amazing. Yeah. It's ingrained in my brain because it's short, it's sharp. It's, and it is what it, and that is what his comic. And people are like, yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, <laughs> yeah. I've yet to see anyone come up and he's, and he says it in a way, doesn't he? He has a tone where he says it. He just, he just nails it every time. And I think that's as a exhibitor, you just need to have that just one catchy sentence yeah. because that's enough to open the door. And after that, I think your natural passion for whatever it is you're talking about will come through. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think like I just didn't have that, um, that first line hook just to get people to my table. So I was kind of conscious as well of like, you know, when you're at a con and you might not have that much money. <laughs> when you're walking past tables, like, yeah. Oh, that's, me that was every good, con. But, oh, I, can't, I can't walk out, so I won't look at them. <laughs> I'll just sneak <laughs> on by and buy it online when I get home. Yeah. I, I worry that, like, I, I would catch that person and put them off cons forever. Because <laughs> they'd be scared of me then. But, um, yeah. So I haven't, uh, also, like, because I've only got Weary Wall, I haven't got, like, a new book. I wouldn't, I don't know. I feel like I've been out of the game for quite a while. And worry what's online anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's always weird of me to be selling it. I'm like, I'm sorry, but this is. You keep, you're just, you're, you're, what you're doing is you're just talking yourself out of going to a con to sell yeah, worry. This is why I've been terrible. Look at me. This is why I'm at home animating. <laughs> so, see, what you need is is someone, not necessarily me. Mm-hmm. David's very. Dave, Dave actually does um, courses in uh, public speaking, which oh, I've he been did. Thinking about doing like an acting class or something, but but like yeah. distracting for confidence. But um, literally, um, outside of this, drop me a line and I'll put you in touch with Dave because Dave has done this. For, he's done this for he's done it for authors who have the same problem, and he's kind of helped them with like confidence. And if they've got to do public speaking, which a lot of authors done, and he's helped them with um, when they've got to uh, re- do read excerpts from their books and stuff like that. And he's actually very good for stuff like that. Um, so I think See, I, I will. I think, like, being an animator, like animators often get called shy performers. No, I think I'm bloody brilliant. I can act when I'm all by myself. <laughs> but like, just bringing that out with me when someone else is there, just I can't do it. I thought I would be. Um, I, I know you were talking earlier, Stacey, about voice acting. Um, I thought I'd be really good at voice acting because I've been listening to it for ten years and I've, I, I animate and act all day long. That's my job. And then when it came to it, <laughs> I'm crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can, like I can act really weird, make a character act, but I cannot do it myself. And that, like I wonder if like an acting class or something would just, just like I, it's obviously there. It's obviously in me. I just yeah. Um, I think voice acting is an entirely yeah. different beast, though, because it's 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 one of those things where you've got to sort of convey everything, but with only one aspect of your whole physical self because you've only got your voice to go with mm. like I found because I um, 
recorded series two of Reagan and Starburst um, in May. And I found that I was like, I kept getting told off for accidentally hitting the microphone stand oh, really? because I was really gesturing and giving it some weather. Right. <laughs> now, like, you've got us, you've got a calm down, yeah. yeah? Well, I did have a slight problem with my knockers uh, knocking the mic stands quite frequently. Um, I the the thing is is that I really struggle to be able to convey anything like that without actually acting it out like it's a scene. Yeah. (laughs) Well, is that not like because you know when you watch DVD extras like behind the scenes and stuff and the actors are all stood there next to the microphone they're all acting they're all doing and stuff. I like look at Robin Williams man he never stood still did he. See, I uh, I quite enjoyed my favourite part of the whole thing though, which is going to sound really sad, is the part where I had to sort of scream and fall down. Right. And because I had to fall down, I had to run away from the mic as I was screaming, <laughs> so it sounded oh, like I was getting further away. I was like, ah! <laughs> just falling all over the place. It's kind of brilliant. Look at you getting all method. <gasps> I can hear you bouncing around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think you knew this, but Stacey's done the voice read for. Um, an in-production web series I'm making. She's like the main character called Squishy Head. She's amazing. I I, I was thinking about trying to play it, but obviously it would be in my head on my headphones and you wouldn't hear it. I didn't know. I'll show you afterwards. She's incredible. It's a that was a really weird one actually because when you were um, asking around on Twitter about getting a voice for the the character, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of Squishy Head, but she's like a little schoolgirl oh, alien zombie. <laughs> so what is it a is it a game or a comic or? It's a little web series. It's a web series. Oh, that, that Danny's, oh, awesome. Danny's writing and animating all <gasps> herself, which is redonk. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. If she needs, um, if she needs, because a, I'm really shy and nervous. I have a huge ego. <laughs> if she needs, if she needs a sassy black psychic, I've, I've, I've got no shame. Oh, mate. Don't even <laughs> <that>. <laughs> See, you saying that though about being shy but having a huge ego, I think that's like almost exactly me as well. Like, because one of the reasons I podcast, it's not because I think my opinions are that important that everybody needs to hear them but it's because i have a lot of stuff inside me that i want to get out and i want to say and i want to give to the world but i'm not skilled in anything like writing or drawing or like i couldn't make a comic of it because i i can't make comics (laughs) (laughs) but that like i have like i feel like there's a little performer inside me but she's only ever there when no one else is looking (laughs) yeah (laughs) the only time you'll get close to seeing her is on the thought bubble dance floor I think that's the beat. I've heard about that. Well, yeah, well, it's a bit like Fight Club, isn't it? Really. Um, But but I think, I think for me, it's a similar sort of thing with podcasting in in the fact that I can be like the best. Sounds a bit silly to think, but when I podcast, I feel like I'm being the best version of the geeky side of myself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In in that. in my normal life, I wouldn't suddenly burst into like random song or try to do silly acting things where we pretend to be oh, like Doctor Who's assistant and stuff like that. Um, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but in in reality, it's a, it is a whole it's a whole Clark Kent super geek thing for me. And that in my in in my daily life, that is that isn't well, in my home life it is, but in my daily life it's not. Um, and when we do Geek do Syndicate, have, and I do, do you have a, do you have a, a normal day job, Barry? I don't know this about you. <laughs> Are you yeah, what would you? I I I am normal during the day, and one one hour a week, I am I am incredibly geeky. Um, yeah, I got, <laughs> what, what did you What did you think I did during the day? I don't know. I just <laughs> I was around him, be Barry, and 
just bounce around and be Barry for that. That's as, as day jobs go. That would have been pretty cool. Uh, no, I, I am. I, I'm a computer programmer. That's my day job. Oh, perfect. That's so um, normal. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it literally is. It's me in front of a computer screen, seven hours, just tapping. I barely leave my desk. So um, when we do uh, Geek Syndicate, it's like, or any other podcast I go on, um, it's like my charts are kind of cut loose. Um, and uh, just just be my, you know, be myself, be the sort of Barry that I am when I when I get home, you know. Um, and to sort of, I, I, what I love about doing Geek Syndicate more than anything else is like having a laugh with with my best mate. That's the mm-hmm. best part of it. Is when we when when Dave has said something and I. It happens very rarely, but I just cannot stop laughing. Like gut sides are splitting. Um, and there was an episode we did many, many years ago, which is um, which is why most probably I've heard it, where we reviewed the Da Vinci Code, the film. <laughs> and 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 I actually said um, I thought it was all right, and literally it was like a light to a stick of dynamite to Dave. <laughs> He lost his shit and went on this. He went on a he went on a rant for about five minutes about how much he hated the Da Vinci Code, and it was it was it was comedy gold. And I keep meaning to dig it out to yeah, edit, I'm, sort I'm of, really you know, put some clips together. But yeah, I think that and our um and our early episodes where we didn't know what we were doing before we realised we shouldn't say certain things because actually people might remember and we might get somewhere. Um, <laughs> Noel Clark, I'm, I'm really sorry. Um, uh, that sounds like a story. <laughs> the, I want to start the, the very first episode of Geek Cynic we did, um, which is probably one of the few times we've actually recorded together. We've probably ever recorded together, probably about five times. Um, and David came, Dave came to Northampton. Um, we got pizza, two bottles of whiskey. Um, we recorded for about three hours. We drank both bottles of whiskey. Um, we recorded through the night. I know. <laughs> the, 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 sec- the, the, the second episode, we reviewed all six Star at the time it was six Star Wars films. Um, and half of that episode, I do not remember, neither does Dave. <laughs> and, um, it was only when we, it's only when we edited the episode the next morning, we sat and edited together that we, we just whole sequences we were like, I have no idea that we even said that. There's a whole bit with Dave basically calling, um, Queen, what's her name? Padme calling her paedophile is a whole sequence oh, to that what she, yeah what's she doing going yeah. out with Anakin he's only four she's like a queen and all and all drunk and rambling nonsense um, but it was just that to me is like what doing a podcast is about it should be about all the critical stuff yeah that's all lovely but it really should just be about having fun and having a laugh because I'm not a critic I haven't I haven't been to film school I haven't been to if there's a school for comic history studies and I'm just a bloke who, who likes stuff and doesn't like stuff. And I'll say, you know, and I'll, I'll say why, but I always like to say, you know, that's just my opinion. What do I know? Cause what do I know? It's just my opinion. And I can say what I, you know, I can say what I thought about it. Um, but that's all I'm going to do. Um, whereas I think nowadays with some of the new podcasts, I think everyone's getting a bit caught up in that kind of, you know, being critical analysis and being all clever and stuff. And I'm, and, I'm just like, just chill out. <laughs> I, uh, I, is, I fell in love with you too when you did the um, the BBC Three Geek season. The little oh. shorts, the uh, you know the the specials. What are they like? Three? Oh, oh, the, yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, now I'm getting... See, now I've done a whole kind of looking at... Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, thank you. That, yeah. He's gone all beetroot. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, was I was, yeah. Really affirming. Like, re- I just felt so proud to be a geek watching them. Thanks. I mean, that 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 was... I mean, a lot of that was doing, do, to do with the... Uh, see, uh, I've met some words. A lot of that was to do with the... <laughs> I mean, a lot of that was to do with the BBC and the fact that they were, um, the team involved in that were really passionate about, um, not portraying geeks mm. as, you know, the, the negative stereotype yeah, that people yeah, yeah. perceive like to be people as people living in the basement. Yeah. And, the um, I think the fact that they had Dave and us, Dave and us, that Dave and myself at the forefront as presenters, um, pretty much straight away, you saw us and straight away we kind of broke the mold of what people mm-hmm. perceived typical geek to be because mm-hmm. we're constantly we're, we're co- the amount of interviews and stuff we've done um where people have met us and said you're geeks or they've said i didn't know there were black geeks we've had that numerous occasions which is quite embarrassing for those people um <laughs> but i mean you know doing that show um i thought for me was in equal parts going back to what we've talked about being stressed and, and nervous about things was the most terrifying um and rewarding experience of my life. Absolutely terrifying. Um, the story I always tell, which people don't, if you listen to podcasts, you probably would know this story, but when we did the, another bit we talk about Thunderbirds uh-huh. in there, we've got the little Thunderbird puppets. When they set up that sequence, we were in the middle of London and there were like hundreds of people around where we were all kind of looking because they see a camera crew looking and I completely, and Dave's an actor. He, he rolls with all that. I completely lost it. I lost my shit. I couldn't do it, which is why that sequence is incredibly short. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I lost it. And that whole Thunderbirds shoot was, I put my hand up and said it was atrocious. And that was down to me because I couldn't, I couldn't cope with it all. And um, the, the next day, the producer rang me up or director rang me up, made a, a talk about it. And effectively, he kind of said, I understood, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he didn't say pull you. He didn't say, if you don't push it, we're, we're going to go downhill. But it was kind of like, you need to, whatever. And I rang Dave, and I don't know if Dave listening, but I rang Dave, and I cried down the phone to him. And I said, I'm really sorry, I'm letting you down. I'm letting us down. I don't know what to Aww. do. And and he was kind of like, look, but yeah, I know you got this. You can do it. I know you can do it, mate. Don't worry about it. You can do it. And he, you know, and as much as I rib Dave all the time on the podcast and rib each other like... <laughs> You know, we, we just, you know, we've got each other's backs and he kind of talked me off a ledge that day with it, you know. And then the next bit, you know, the bit where I talk about 2001 and I haven't seen it yes, and all the rest yes, of it. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that was, that was the next shoot mm-hmm. that we did, which I think you can see. If you ever watch it again, you can see the difference between the two because that was me going, right, I'm here. To, I ain't fucking about anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, and, yeah. but, but. But when I turned up, what Dave said to me, that was, that's what he said to me. He said, look, mate, what we need to do is forget them. We need to do this our way. You know, how do you want to do it? And I, um, yeah. and what I, and what I said to him was, um, that's when we went to the director. We said, look, we want to do something. We want to do it our way. Just let us run with it. So that whole sequence where I say I haven't seen 2001 and Dave pushes me away, the, the camera, the camera crew had no idea we were going to do any of that. Um, and, um, well, and they left. Yeah, and I think that that was what and and going back to like saying you should talk to Dave. That's what Dave does, which is really good. Is he kind of he he talked me around just letting me be me. Was what I'd been trying to do before was trying to be some kind of parody version of me because I'm going to be on TV. He was like, just be yourself, mate. Mm-hmm. That's it. So anytime I struggle in doing a public thing, even like doing this or doing an interview, I'm I just 
think I just need to be me. How would I talk if I was talking to my best mate? How would I talk if I was just talking to a bloke on the street? Um, and that has carried me through like a lot of interviews and a lot of kind of doing panels and stuff. Oh, because yeah. whenever I try to to not do that, it, it all falls apart on me. Um, I don't know if that helps you, what you want to do, but I, yeah, I would definitely like, say. I think, um, I've always seen myself making my own tunes and a big, big, big part of working in animation is getting your head around the idea of pitching your ideas yeah. <laughs> to a panel of people that may one day pay for it. So, and I've always had like these dreams of just having like my own series and stuff. And it's just, I can't imagine getting through the pitch without exploding. <laughs> so like, just, just to be able to rein that in or just have someone who's been through it or just a little bit of coaching in like just how to I don't know how to stand how to come how to, to Peter's Spencer's improv class yeah. <laughs> yeah let's all on mass go to London to Peter's improv class yeah in, yeah. in October yeah that's exactly the kind of thing that I would be like the, th- the thing about I was gonna say the thing about Pete is that even if he wasn't like when he's not in teacher mode like um, at auto assembly last year mm-hmm. um, it was the second time I've met him but I we sat down and we had a little chat and we had a little cocktail and I tell you I've never come out of any conversation with a a bigger smile or a bigger head because he just sat there and he was like you don't realise how fantastic you are at what you do you need to you know he says you need to start looking at what you've done and realise that it is actually an achievement like stop measuring yourself up to other people stop looking at your listener numbers compared to other podcasts stop like you know, he said, you, you're the only you and you're the only you there ever will be. Aww. So just go out and do that. And if people don't like it, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's essentially the message. <laughs> I know. I actually, do you know, I pitched I the idea to him. I was like, you need to like have like tiny Pete toys that like have little stock phrases. Like you press the belly and it says like, you're right, you, you, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I would absolutely yeah. buy one of those. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh God, yeah he's so wonderful it's difficult though because like I say all of this stuff but it's like catch me on a given day and yeah. I might be very much living by those rules of like well yeah fuck you yeah, if you don't yeah, like yeah, me yeah, oh yeah. well yeah. Like, and then oh. other days where I'm just like <laughs> why does everyone hate me yeah. <laughs> it's just like well, crying at my desk well, well like last, <laughs> last year we had to do at the Birmingham convention we were asked to basically do a day's worth of panels mm-hmm. Um, so effectively Dave and I would host all of the panels for that day mm-hmm. and we went yeah and then I went what why have we, why why <laughs> why what why, why have we said yes and, and again before we started doing it again absolutely terrified sick wanted to be mm-hmm. sick you know Dave did the same you, you know you know and he sort of went you've got it mate we've been here hundreds of times you know the minute you start yeah. I will have to physically <laughs> drag you off um <laughs> And, and we started and he was right. And I, and I, and I generally don't know what, how that works or whatever, whether it's because Dave is this as an element of security because you know you've got a mate there who's not going to let you down in that situation. You know, um, I don't know. Um, maybe it's because you know the only way you can get out of this is to go through it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I but, see what I thought sometimes makes me feel better. I, I, I just, I don't travel much now. I had to go to France a couple of weeks ago. And, right. And, Leading up to that, it was just all my usual anxiety all comes flooding back and I think, oh, this is it, I'm at square one again, I'm never going to get over it. But the thought that got me through it was like, in a week, this is going to be over. 
Yeah. Time yeah. isn't going to stop. <laughs> in a, like, say you've got a speech or a panel or a day full of talks, it's fine because like the day will continue regardless, and it will all be over soon. And you'll be at the end of it like, oh, well, well, I've done it now. <laughs> yeah, I read um, I read Future a book a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I read a book a couple of years ago that was given to me by a lady on the bus that, back from Thought Bubble that I met. Just complete. It's just a lady, a, a, a lady who asked to sit next to me, and then she started crying, and we started talking, and it turns out about that. Yeah, she was going back to she was coming back to Birmingham because her brother had passed away and she needed right. to sort his apartment Aww. out. Um and so she wasn't in the best of moods and we were just chatting about stuff and she gave me a book called Fear the, Feel the Fear and I Do It Anyway. Yeah, I've heard of that book. Yeah. It's a really helpful yeah. book. Is I mean, it? I still do feel the fear, but yeah. I have but just nine times out of ten now I do just do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas it before that book it was a case of like everything like I don't think I would ever have done anything like this again. Um because it's it is really scary, and it's not just the actual day of doing it. It's like approaching people to come on the show. It's trying to promote the show. It's like everything about it is terrifying. But that's why I see it as such a big deal in terms of like because a lot of people have said to me, "Are you just going to talk for charity for a day? That's that's nothing. Like climb a mountain, do a marathon, go." And yeah. I'm like, actually, for me, this is massive. Yeah. Really massive. It's yeah, not, yeah. Doing an hour of it, Stacey. Yeah, I'm gonna get drunk on skittles. Boom. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I, I don't know because I, what I, you know, sometimes I want to say when people sort of say they struggle with like confidence and, and and all that sort of stuff. Sometimes I want to say the best thing, best advice I could give them. Sometimes it's like do your own podcast, which I've said to a couple of people because I am far more, um, you know, not, um, far more confident, far more able to talk to people that I wouldn't normally talk to because of doing a podcast mm-hmm. and, and being on other people's podcasts. And I know other podcasters who have said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably sure. It's so pretty much why I started thing. doing the parlour. The, the the reason I set up the parlour to not have a constant co-host was so that I'd have to talk to new people. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was almost like a test for myself, like, can I even do it? Yeah. Um, turns out I'm all right. <laughs> I think a little bit more than all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Well, I, I always remember when Stace came on um, oh, the syndicate and just annihilated Dave and I. Um, <laughs> I threw up before I did. Yeah, she it. annihilated <laughs> us, and, and I always, I always think if you know, if you've never, if anyone's listening, you've never heard Stace on Geek Syndicate for the first time. Go and find it, listen to I've it because because it's. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Forty one, right there. Because yeah. yeah. uh, she she just she just nailed it. And she called didn't you call Dave a man whore? I called I, him a man awesome. whore it was all, Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. <laughs> um and, and I think after that, I think I said you should do your own podcast. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. So you should do your own podcast. I think you'd be really great. You do your own podcast. Well I'll host it and help you with editing to get you going, but you should do your own podcast because I actually genuinely think you would be good at it. Um and you did, and you were good. The thing about podcasting that I always think, because I my biggest anxiety is around social anxiety. It's around like talking to new people because of the paranoia. You see, I get very up in my own head about what people think of me and what they might. I put thoughts in their head almost mm. like I'll be having a conversation with someone and it'll be going fine, but I'll be thinking the whole time. I bet they think I'm a prick. <laughs> well, I bet they think I'm a proper fucking knob. And, and then I just start getting panicky, like, oh, I bet they just want to go, and here I am just talking. <laughs> and I get 
really stressed about it. But um, in the in the sweat, I know. Then you get the sweat. I know, yeah, in the sweats. <laughs> I think that's why. I think that's why I really like doing the um, the voice acting stuff because I've only done like a couple of line reads for Danny and um, Reagan and Starburst so far. I plan to do more if I can. I don't know how talented I am at it, but um, yeah. but it's uh, the reason I like doing that is because it's it's. It's a fun way of getting a lot of it because I'm quite a boisterous person. Once you get to know yeah. me, yes, you are. <laughs> but, um, I'd, it's it's like a way of me being able to get that out, but like being a different person almost, and not yeah. having to worry about how people, what people think of me, because I'm not playing me. I'm playing squishy head. Or... But sometimes, I, it's, it's, <laughs> as stupid as it sounds, sometimes I feel like that when I keep when people sort of call me Nuge or something like that, or I start I that you know I could say Nuge, or I sometimes think of sometimes as a different new just different to Barry I think sometimes I think that as well like Bintikins is like it's a part of me I wish I was every day but I can't be so I just save her for when I need her <laughs> yeah yeah and then she yeah. comes out and she nails it and I'm like oh thank god thank you <laughs> yeah yeah no no and I, I probably think you know someone's going to probably at some stage call it Clark Kent syndrome or something but, I, but do you know what I mean I, I, I do that sometimes yeah boom um, money's going to roll in but you know I, I but I, I think I find that sometimes if I'm in situations like you know, certainly in geek-related situations where I've got to do a panel or something like that, well, I sort of say I've got to be, I've got, I've got to be new. I've got to be new. This is what I've got to be. This is what I've got to do. And it's not, and I'm not being someone different. I'm just being that geeky side of me and letting that side of me out rather than my normal. Just having it dominate sort of for a little bit. Like, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and I think that's kind of um, works well for me actually. Um, but what I want to say is, um, I, I think it's lovely what we've not really said this yet. I thought that animation that you did for, um, Stace, I thought was awesome. Yeah, amazing. Um, I was gonna, I'm I was gonna be all like, surprise, but then podcasts aren't visual. No. <laughs> so, no. I saw it. Slipped that in, in the back door, sent it to your social That's media awesome. gang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as yeah, I said, if you, yeah, it's awesome. If you want to do me a spinning turd with a hat, hat and glasses, you know, they'd be quite easy to do. And his crushed velvet jacket. Yeah, with a crushed velvet jacket. I, I'm, you know, I, 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 all I'm going to say is I wouldn't say no. Oh, That's all I'm going to say. And a cravat. No, it takes ages. And a cravat. <laughs> I know, I know it does. Well, wow. Well, see, this place. is why I've got so much respect for you because when yeah. you were messaging me about doing some voice stuff for Squishy Head and you were like, oh, do you want me to give you some money or something for your time? And I was like, Danny, I just went upstairs and went, nah, for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's absolutely it's fine. Work, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, there was, because uh, I don't want to give too much away about it, like, because I don't know how much you've talked about squishy head but the one of the brilliant things about it was that danny basically sent me an email that said there's gonna be like a lot of like vomit noises and like tentacle sounds if you could just so i spent like a good 20 minutes upstairs just going <laughs> for like <laughs> it was the... so, ba- so basically you just, just... Well, i just want to send everyone i know because they are pep- and there's, there's little moments in the in the recordings where she'll just start laughing and go, "Oh, Dan, I'm so sorry," and then goes. <laughs> I think my favourite one was the one where I was making a vomit sound and then just start tittering and go, "I sound like the Tasmanian devil." That in the line, so it's perfect. Oh, it's so much fun. I can't wait to do more. 
The best thing about Squishy Head, though, is that her voice is essentially my voice when I had braces when I was younger, <laughs> but a bit tentaclier. <laughs> I think I described it, didn't I? Like, to coin a like, term. Could you, could you be really wet and as if you've got tentacles in your <laughs> 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 A bit like Marge Simpson as well. <laughs> yeah. And the response is, okay. <laughs> I did it. I did it. <laughs> sort of sounds a little like this. Hi, squishy head. Seriously, I couldn't do voice work for shit. Literally, is like I can. cartoon downstairs in a car. Yeah, my voice would literally be I can do me. That's it. Yeah, that's fine. I can find something for you. Sometimes she's good. Yeah, yeah. But there are some people, some voice actors. I really should like let you go in a minute. But there are some voice actors who uh, are really good, but you can immediately tell that it's them because it's just their own voice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How do you get all these jobs? Yes. But it's fine. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. love that guy's voice. Oh, it's, it's, it's such a shame we're at ten hours because I I could talk all day about Archer. Yeah. You know, love that. Talk about my favorite cartoons. I wrote like this huge wrote, list like, of notes. I was in listening all day like. Oh. <laughs> I find spots and cartoons, uh, like questions and stuff they've been asking that are quite common. And I've got this <laughs> huge notebook full of stuff that I thought we were going to talk about. And then we end up just talking about confidence. <laughs> Which is fine. Well, that's good too. Yeah. But what about my notes? Well, 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 I'll tell you what, right? You hey, <laughs> you've got a minute to, to reel off your, your cartoons. Oh, that's Go. Well, have you seen Gravity Falls? Yes. Oh. Love it. That is my new. I've that not. Is, the oh it's the creme de la creme right now Gravity Falls I, I I I've watched it all and I want to watch it again and it made me cry at the end it was so perfect it's so good I don't know if you have you seen it Barry Gravity Falls no because what I've realised today is like there's there's literally a list of cartoons I need to like get my ass yeah, on I'm all over pickle and peanut at the moment but it makes no sense it's wonderful oh, it's a pickle and a peanut I have only together. just discovered pickle and peanut oh god isn't it wonderful <laughs> what is I think it's actual genius and then Rick and Morty, really we should talk loads about. Yeah. <laughs> what else is on my list? Song of the Sea is a feature film that's an Irish production, and it's just Ooh. so beautiful and whimsical, and you, you need to see that. What else? Uh, oh my god, Pirates of Dark Water. <laughs> that's... That! Is that is that an old cartoon? Yeah. It got cancelled in like the nineties. It's not fair. It was a Yeah, no, I I remember that. I remember Price of the Dark Water. Not not well. I know, right? Um, but like enough, it's on the periphery. Yeah. I, I, it's, yeah, no, but you said the minute you said it, I was like I wanna say it was on BBC One. Probably. I can't actually remember what yeah. it was on, but it was definitely like kids' cartoon. Yes, yes, yes. I think there was only yeah. like 13 episodes because it got cancelled. Yeah. And there's like this flying yeah. monkey. I That's the first, like, not the first cartoon I remember because I remember like all the Looney Tunes and stuff before it, but that's the first one that I remember that's probably informed my personality and like my wants to make cartoons, I think. Wow. It, that's, it must that's have been young, from the but, past. but old enough to know, like, that's what I want to do. I want to be a flying monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that kind of <laughs> I wanted to be She-Ra. Anyway. Um, Danny. And I missed, um, all the ones all the boys talk about. What are them ones? Turtles. Yeah. Joe. Do you know, I'm so and sorry, Sophie. I, I remember <laughs> Turtles and I know I liked it. And I remember the movies more and I know I liked Turtles, but I'm not a huge Turtles nut like you are. I wish I was. I always liked Brave Star. I don't know how no, many people remember that. There's a poster of Brave Star in our bedroom. Oh, because he, he had the powers of the Hawk. Was it a hawk, a bear, 
Speed of a Puma. Speed of a Puma. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Every episode he goes, Speed of a Puma. Go, Braystar. Go. Oh, Strength yeah. of the Beer. On that note. <gasps> visionaries. That's the visually quest. Visionaries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, You've I remember that. You've got three seconds left. I... You've it's an hour. It's been lovely talking to you, Danny. I think it might be the first time I've actually spoken words to you in person rather than yeah. on Twitter. And, or yeah. sort of in person. Uh, <laughs> sort of in person. Friend barrier. Yay! Yay. Right. Hey, Yay. friends! <laughs> friends! Podcast friends! Podcast friends! No, it's fun, but I'm so sweaty and I can't wait to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'll let you go then, so yeah. on that note. Thank yeah, you very much and bye! <laughs> Thanks, Thank Danny, you. and and uh, get in touch with me afterwards, and I'll put you oh, in touch with Dave. I, I think he, I, I think he can help you. I'm going to send you some scripts, Barry. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Remember, I can only, do, I can only do a, a slightly North London way with some. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. See you, Danny. Yes. Save the bacon and Kelly's. Boom. I meant boom, but it came out. Doom. Doom. I don't know why. Just cross your heart and hope for the summer days. Ah.